Will we see another shock at the top of tonight's draft? Will the Joes be able to keep up with the pros? And how do tonight's drafters react to what they saw take place last night? Follow along with the live draft board tonight and listen to our live analysis as we call the live action. From the 2017 Pros versus Joes, Say My Name Division Number 2 brought to you by the FFPC to see who will win a 2018 FFPC main event team valued at $1,750. We've got a great show for you. Dave Gerzak is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts now. Thinking of a master plan. Cause ain't nothing but sweat inside my hand So I dig into my pocket, all my money spent So I just deep up, still coming up with lint So I start my mission, leave my residence Thinking how could I get some dead presidents I need money, I used to be a stick-up kid So I think of all the devious things I did I used to roll up, this is a hole up, ain't nothing funny, stop smiling, you still don't nothing move but the money, but now I learned that broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet, it's the high stakes fantasy football hour presented by myffpc.com, with your hosts Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak, the high stakes fantasy football hour is your home for football analysis from the best fantasy players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. I don't like to dream about getting paid, so I dig into the books of the rhymes that I made. Soon as the test see if I got pulled. Good evening to you, Rob, and thank you very much. Greetings and salutations to the rest of you, Balkaholics and Gerzak and Addicts. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. I am, of course, your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman, and my co host is indeed the patron saint of fantasy football. You know him as the Dizzle, you also know him as Dave. Coming, uh, coming up on tonight's show, it's a special one. Once again, it is the second of six special episodes we have for you once again this year. It is the FFPC Pros versus Joe's Say My Name Division Number 2 draft tonight, and we will be covering it for two straight hours commercial-free listening. I know that sounds great, but listen to us for 45 minutes, and you will be begging for a commercial. Follow the live draft board tonight at youtube.com slash highstakesfantasyfootball. Shout out to the chat room right now that we have going on in the Blog Talk radio feed. Post your questions you might have in there. Connect with us on Twitter at Hour at Eric Balkman, or at David Gerzak this evening. You can obviously post on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Hour. And if you want to give us a buzz tonight, please do so. 347-426-3682. That's 347-GAME-OVA. You can also email the show at the inbox, highstakesfantasyfootball at gmail.com. If you do have any questions for us or for tonight's participants, uh, now's the time to send them. We have our audio engineer, Bryce, working hard, I believe also commissioning this draft online. And uh, our uh, producer and mutual friend, Rob, manning the uh, buttons and the who's what's it's behind the glass tonight. We'll do our best to uh, get to all the calls, chat room questions, tweets, and emails as we move through this 120-minute program. Uh, before we get to the action, I do want to remind everybody that if you go to myffpc.com right now you can sign up for the main event which today is the last day uh, to get in on the uh, main event to get your early draft slot more than a month ahead of time uh, before you will be drafting all you need to do is pay for your team in full and you will get that done uh, it'll be done tonight and then you'll get your draft slot sometime after next weekend uh, you can also uh, check out all the uh, best balls 100 with 100 uh, percent uh, payout double ups uh, dynasties and more uh, 
Football Guys Players Championship. I should mention that as well at myffpc.com. If you missed last night's draft, the uh, Fat Stacks draft, you can check out the full draft board up at the FFPC message boards, also the FFPC and High Stakes Fantasy Football or Facebook and Twitter accounts. They are posted there. Uh, Dave? It is, uh, we have one in the bag, some surprises last night. The overall theme I got was that the pros uh, really took, uh, took the challenge on uh, head on last night and did a very good job overall. Yeah, I think they actually hung in there pretty well. I would say they did better than hang in there. They might have done, you know, in total, they might have done a little bit better than the yeah. heroes. We saw some surprises last night. We'll have to see how, uh, you know, tonight shakes out. I think it will uh, also be equally as interesting. Uh, Let's uh, let's get to um, the lineup here as we uh, we actually had a late substitution, so I want to make everybody aware of that. Uh, leading off tonight is FFPC Joe Keith Douglas, followed by RotoWorld.com's Evan Silva in the uh, two spot. Chuck Root, an FFPC player, is uh, third, and of course fourth from RotoViz is Mike Beers. Uh, you might know him better on Twitter at BeersWater. Uh, you have Dan Thomas, former guest of this show, hitting fifth tonight. Howard Bender from Fantasy Alarm. Uh, the Roto Buzz guy on Twitter, and uh, he was he will be drafting sixth. Eric Young is the FFPC Joe in the seventh spot. Lord Reeves, Rich Rebar from Roto World hitting eighth. Drew Maselli, another former guest of this show, is going to be drafting out of the nine hole. A former co-host of this show, Izzy Elkapis from Dynasty Trade Calculator, uh, he will be uh, drafting out of the ten spot. I love Izzy's name. It's a cool name. His Twitter name. No, his real name. No, no, no. I, I know his real name, but I'm telling you, his Twitter name, at DLF underscore Izzy E. Ah, see, that's Isn't that great? great? Yeah. yeah. That's, that's awesome. even better. Uh, Brian Holgen, another former uh, co-host, or excuse me, another former guest of this show. Uh, he's 11th. And then uh, Tim McCullough and uh, Scott Fish actually switch spots. So Tim McCullough will be drafting next week. Scott Fish from Fanball will be hitting 12th tonight. So that is your lineup. I got to tell you, Dave, this is a, I mean, all these lineups are really fantastic and exciting this is the best one i i don't know i'm not going to say it's the best one but it is one that's there's there's a lot of intrigue for both the joe's side of it and the pros side of it. a lot of uh interesting names here yeah for sure i'm really excited actually because normally you're not normally i could care less yeah. but this this one Balky. but this is the one this you know, is the one ladies and my gentlemen. buddy evan silva i like evan a lot he's a very great writer on real yeah. world yep uh Dinner partner and pal, Drew Maselli. Yeah. He's in this draft, so that's great. There's some other, other fellows as well. Yeah. You know, I don't want to call anyone else out by name, but just, yeah. I'll call those. Those are the ones that, uh, that uh, I'll specifically struck a chord. So th- this draft is flying along. Let's get to the analysis here and, and quit boring people with our nonsense. Leading things off tonight, uh, Keith Douglas, no surprise like we had last night with Le'Veon Bell going number one overall to Jeff Ratcliffe, but Keith Douglas takes David Johnson here. Le'Veon, Le'Veon Bell goes two to Evan Silva, and Ezekiel Elliott does go third to Chuck Root. We talked about this last night, the potential uh, suspension looming over Elliott. It does not scare Chuck Root, and he takes Elliott there. Uh, Another non-shocker, Antonio Brown to Mike Beers at four. Julio Jones is the second receiver off the board to Dan Thomas at five. Uh, LaShawn McCoy, number six tonight to Howard Bender, a guy that has – I don't want to say he's he's been all over the place in the first round, but I've seen him go anywhere from the early second to all the way up to the, the 105 pick. So he's a guy that I think his ADP isn't really honed in yet, and, and uh, you're seeing how polarizing a running back he can be. Uh, he goes sixth tonight, Odell Beckham, and A.J. Green go to Eric Young and Rich Rebar right after that. Rob Gronkowski tonight, Dave, is indeed the first tight end off the board, not Travis Kelsey like we saw last night. Rob Gronkowski. Uh, goes to Drew Maselli, your dinner partner, at nine. <laughs> and then uh, 
A uh, bit of a surprise. My, my paisano. Uh, yeah, your paisano. Bit of a surprise here. Izzy Alcafis. Let's let's talk about this pick. Uh, he goes DeAndre Hopkins at the 110. Now this is where we were seeing Hopkins go last year. Uh, maybe he was even going a little bit before that. Slightly. Uh, you're talking about last year. Yep. yep. Yeah. Uh, and then this year, his ADP is 305. So, you know, you would think that uh, Izzy could have gotten him a little bit later. He goes with Hopkins at the 110. I am a little bit surprised. Do you think that he has it in him this year, Dave, to return 110 value? Well, he's got a shot for sure. I mean, there's a possibility. And uh, we'll talk about who he took in the second round, but he could have flipped the flip-flop those picks and probably, you know, that would have been a little bit more similar to ADP, I would say. Yeah. Uh, so that's an intro. That's the first real surprise of the night that we see. Mike Evans falls all the way to the 111 to Brian Holgen. And then uh, Travis Kelsey uh, goes to Scott Fish. So two tight ends in the first round. That's a little surprising. We'll have to pay attention uh, tonight, Dave, to see if this causes others to, to panic a little bit and make sure that they get an elite tight end, make sure they get a top 12 tight end. Uh, as uh, we see, you know, I don't want to give it away, but two more tight ends went in round two. Uh, getting right to it, Jay Ajayi is uh, the turn pick for Scott Fish. Jay Ajayi goes to Scott Fish at the 201. Melvin Gordon is the 202, followed by Devontae Freeman. And uh, Drew Maselli doubling up on tight ends to start off this draft. We've seen this there's done before. There's always got to be one. Yeah, there's always got to be one. And tonight uh, it is Drew Maselli who starts off tight end, tight end with uh, Rob Gronkowski, followed by Jordan Reed. Michael Thomas goes to Rich Rebar right after that. And then uh, Jordy Nelson after Michael Thomas. Leonard Fournette, another bit of a surprise. One round, to, one round earlier tonight. To, uh, is that where he went last night? Yeah, mid-third last Mid-third, night. and he goes mid-second. Tonight, so Leonard Fournette to Howard Bender from Fantasy Alarm. That's a little bit of a surprising pick. But if you look at the ADP, and I don't think this is that crazy, um, he goes at the 302. So, again, Fantasy Alarm, Howard Bender, probably not going to get a shot at Leonard Fournette. If you want him, you got to grab him here. And he gets two workhorses to start off his draft in LaShawn McCoy and Leonard Fournette. We'll have to see how he fills in the receiver uh, part of it. And I should mention this to everybody, too. With the FFPC format, you start one quarterback, two running backs, two receivers, a tight end, a kicker defense, and then two flexes. So if you only want to start two receivers, you only have to start two receivers. And how does the scoring system work? Well, it's okay. PPR. It has one and a half points uh, for tight ends. Oh, so that's why they're being drafted earlier. That is why they're being drafted earlier, in case anybody was wondering. This is a tight end <laughs> premium format. I is this how other announcers do this, where they softball up questions to each other? Like just... Yeah, but real so announcers is, would, uh, would have mentioned this before the actual in the draft analysis, yeah. Right. So okay. the thing is, like, we do so many of these, and I know how you get, and I don't want to, like, be, be repeating myself right at the start of the draft for every draft. Be like, yeah, Balky, they get it, they get it, they get it, they know it. Kind of like when you go on, like, ESPN, and you watch, watch the World Series of Poker, and that, <laughs> I feel bad for them because they're always like, now to tell you how Texas Hold'em works, here we go. And they always have, like, the first 30 seconds, and it's like, oh, I know how it works, you know, but yeah. there's the people who are turning it, tuning in for the first time, and they, and they have to find out. That's exactly right. Uh, we have, uh, after Fournette goes T.Y. Hilton, uh, and then uh, DeMarco Murray going at the 209 tonight, followed by Jordan Howard. The third tight, excuse me, the fourth tight end off the board tonight is Greg Olson, and then uh, Keith Douglas finishing off round two. Uh, takes Des Bryant there to go with David Johnson. So that is the first two rounds of action. Let's go to the phone lines and take our first phone call tonight. The 952 is live on the air with Dave and Balky. Who are we speaking to? It's Izzy. 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 But this is a perfect, perfect person to uh, lead off the show with because we really concentrated on your uh, uh, selection in the first round. Talk about why DeAndre Hopkins was your man at 110. 
So it was, I would have taken him on the turn. So it was a little bit of a mistake. I was getting my cue ready, and he was the guy that I clicked on first, so he kind of got drafted. But I would have taken him at the turn. What I really want to do is Ajayi Hopkins. Um, but I made the mistake. I got Hopkins and Freeman, which I don't love, and I knew Scott Fish was going to take Ajayi if he was available. But um, I don't hate it. My, my, my plan always in drafts, really in drafts, is try to get guys that are relatively healthy, for their careers. Um, Hopkins has had a pretty good track record relative to a lot of the other um, big name receivers. So I would like to get him at the turn because I knew he wouldn't make it all the way back in the third round. So I'm a big believer in just take the guys that, you know, you believe in, in this year. And I think he will bounce back um, maybe not to 2015 numbers, but I think pretty darn close. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously when, when it comes down to it, you think his 2017 is much, much closer. The real Hopkins that we saw was, was uh, much closer to 2015 than what we saw last year with, you know, Osweiler and whoever farting around throwing him the ball. Yeah, I, I really do. And I think he's one of the better technicians in the league as a receiver. Um, so I, I really have a lot of faith in Hopkins and hopefully the Savage Watson combo platter that he's getting is going to be an upgrade over what he had last year. I know he had Savage for a little bit, but I'm hoping a full off season with Savage and Watson, um, we'll have him bounce back. And he didn't have a great quarterback in 2015 either, so it's not like there's a huge, uh, huge upgrade or downgrade either way from 2015 to 2017. Izzy Elkafis joins the show uh, as we are covering the Pros versus Joe division number two. I want to talk a little bit about your uh, your third round pick, and we'll get to the third round coverage in, in a little bit. But as long as we have Izzy uh, on, on the blower here, let's talk about um, Brandon Cooks. He's a guy that I think has been pretty polarizing. If you, uh, you know, read what a lot of people have to say, listen to what a lot of people have to say in the industry, a lot of people think he is in for a bonkers year uh, with, uh, with uh, Tom Brady throwing him the football. Uh, and then you have other people worried that maybe there's uh, too many mouths to feed uh, on that offense with Gronk and Edelman and James White and what have you. Why, uh, why are you a believer in Brandon Cooks uh, having a big year this year, Izzy? You know, what's funny is I'm actually kind of lower – um, on him than most. I, w- I was just surprised he was there in the third, so it was more of a value play than anything. Um, I, in a PPR, I don't know how they're going to use Brandon Cooks, and I expect them to use him as a field stretcher. So in a PPR format, I don't know if he's as, as exciting as you know people are making him out to be, but at 310, he's a steal there. Um, I thought a guy like Doug Baldwin would fall to 310, and I would have taken Doug there. Um, but I don't, hear, I don't hate Cooks off the board. I think he's maybe wide receiver 15 in this draft, and I can see him having a 7-8 season, no problem for him. Izzy Elkafis from the DynastyTradeCalculator.com, also Dynasty League Football. Izzy, you know, we see three teams already that have doubled up on tight end. There's six tight ends gone, but only three teams uh, own those tight ends. How, How concerned are you about making sure you don't get shut out as far as getting a good, uh, playmaking difference maker at tight end goes in this draft. Are you going to be revising any of your strategy or did you kind of figure that the tight ends would go like this? You know, it's kind of funny. Um, when it comes to these premium leagues, I, I don't know if you guys are familiar, familiar with Scott Fishbowl, but um, in that league, I was planning on punting tight ends and they kept falling. So I ended up with Kelsey Olsen and Eifert. Um, and that wasn't my plan. And in this, I was planning on maybe taking a snag 
had a Jimmy Graham in the third round, but he got taken in the second. With this many tight ends off the board, I'm not going to reach for one coming up. I'm just going to punt and try to get some guys that I believe in later in the draft um, and see what kind of value I can manufacture with some flyers. Makes sense. I like that. Izzy, uh, for the people who have been living under a rock, tell them what dynasty, what the dynasty trade calculator is all about and uh, how it will help them uh, run successful dynasty leagues this year and every year. Yeah. So it's, um, you know, we, we, run a calculator that's more of an algorithmic approach. We try to take a lot of different aspects um, of dynasty values and put it into one. Uh, and of course, there are certain things that come into play when making a decision on a trade, but pure value in a vacuum is what we try to provide for, um, you know, our visitors. And, you know, right now it's completely free. Um, you know, we do have uh, plans and then, you know, sometime near future to, you know, do some upgrades and, um, other things with the calculator and um, some articles and so on and so forth. So we're trying to really take that next step, but our feedback is from a pure value perspective. um, We are the best calculator in terms of um, giving a, the most accurate of values. Now time from time to time, you know, just like most calculators, we have things that we scratch our heads and be like, yeah, that's a little off. We got to adjust some things, but overall it's a difficult thing to run because everything's always in flux and things are moving. Um, but if you're looking for a quick, you know, recap of a trade that you just recently made or an offer that you had and you're kind of on the fence, I think it helps make a decision for you. It definitely has helped me over the years, and I certainly appreciate it. The co-founder of Dynasty Trade Calculator. Well, I don't know, Balky. Which, what it does, let me just tell you. Oh, God, here we go. Balky, he'll, <laughs> he'll come over, he'll make me some trade offer, and he'll be, I'll decline it, and then he'll whine about it. He'll be like, the trade calculator said it was an even trade. That's that's pretty much what the trade calculator has done for us, Balky. Yeah, we haven't made any deals since uh, <laughs> since, since, well, since we've uh, since it's actually since a fantastic using it. product. Yeah. No, it is. But really you do good. whine about you it know, a lot. I, but it's, it's, in my defense, I whine about everything a lot. So go. this is there I just treat enough. it like anything else. Uh, you can also read you know, uh, Izzy Elkafis' musings at, at DynastyLeagueFootball.com. Izzy, thanks so much. Hey, good luck the rest of this draft. I, I'm rooting for you. It looks like you've got a really solid uh, you know, core of a squad going. I certainly appreciate you calling in. We'll talk to you again soon, man. Hey, thanks so much. Take care, guys. Thanks. Izzy Elkafis. Follow him on Twitter at DLF underscore Izzy E. And uh, always great to hear from him, a uh, fantastic dynasty mind. I love the dynasty trade calculator. You could ask him about Easy E if you liked his fan or something. Well, we could have done that, but uh, we're going to get back to football. Don't worry, someone else will call in in like an hour. No, that's not not how it's going to work. We're getting a a bunch of calls this year, which I really appreciate. It definitely makes our jobs easier, and I think it it definitely makes it more enjoyable for the listeners to to hear from the people who are actually drafting. Uh, We left off with the 212 pick. That was Des Bryant right after that, leading things off in the third round is Amari Cooper. Uh, Evan Silva doubles up on tight end. He gets Jimmy Graham to go with his Greg Olson here in the third round. Doug Baldwin and Todd Gurley uh, follow those picks. And then Isaiah Crowell is the 305 selection tonight, followed by Keenan Allen, Demarius Thomas, and Sammy Watkins. We're actually going to be talking about Sammy Watkins a little bit on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour this coming Friday. For those of you who are not familiar, uh, we go live, blogtalkradio.com slash HSFF every Friday, 10, 9 central. You usually get one, maybe two, uh, FFPC High Stakes players to come on, tell us uh, what they're thinking, their thoughts, drafting, blind bidding, lineup setting, fantasy football stuff in general. Uh, we do it every week, and uh, you can listen to it right on. 
on Blog Talk Radio. We're also on iTunes, Google Play, Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and uh, a lot of terrestrial stations around North America as well. So that is my plug. Dave is already giving me the evil eye. Enough there. I think I fell asleep, actually. Whatever. Ty Montgomery goes right after Sammy Watkins. Ty Montgomery is uh, the first non-tight end selected by Drew Maselli tonight. He gets Ty Montgomery at the 309. Brandon Cooks, we already talked about him to Izzy. And then uh, Lamar Miller and Kyle Rudolph finish off the round. Kyle Rudolph to Scott Fish. And, you know, Kyle Rudolph is a guy who had a fantastic season last year. And if you got him in drafts, I'm sure that he um, – outperformed what you paid for him in drafts in the FFPC this year. He's actually going at the 409 uh, and uh, Scott fish gets him at the 312. So again, not coming back to him, but it still seems weird to see Kyle Rudolph, Dave at the 312 selection and in, in a high stakes, well, you know, high stakes format draft. Yeah, I totally agree. And on top of that, then fish comes back with Lions quarterback, Jake, Jake Rudock. That was the real surprise of the draft. Yeah. I just, I, I had to look him up and I guess he looks a lot, a little bit bigger and a little bit better. Yeah. More opportunities as the number two quarterback behind Matt Stafford. Why would he take the backup ahead of Stafford? Well, I think you're looking at a quarterback controversy here in Detroit. Nobody's talking about it. Scott fish, obviously with the uh, inside Intel here, He's a smart and, fellow. Yeah, it's taking Rudock and he listened. He probably figured with all these sharks in this draft, he, was, off the board. he wasn't getting Rudock back in the fifth, <laughs> so he had to take him there. Uh, no, it was a bit of a uh, an error there, so uh, he got that uh, selection back. Took Joe Mixon at the 401. Oh, that makes a little which, more which makes a little bit more sense than Jake Rudock. Wouldn't it be, wouldn't it be Far be it for me. Wouldn't it be to, funny, though, if Stafford got like, hurt in the second week of preseason? And, and Rudock just had a as fantastic like a quasi-MVP <laughs> season. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, Scott Fish knew it all along. Aaron Rodgers is uh, – Rudock, by the way, would have been the first quarterback off the board. Aaron Rodgers is the uh, first quarterback off the board at the uh, 402 tonight to uh, Brian Holgen. And then uh, Christian McCaffrey is, uh, I believe, the second rookie running back, Dave? No, third rookie running back behind Mixon. McCaffrey goes to Izzy Elkafis in the fourth round. Jarvis Landry and Allen, uh, Allen Robinson are the selections after that. C.J. Anderson and Marshawn Lynch go right after that. Marshawn Lynch to – uh, team six. That's Howard Bender from FantasyAlarm.com. Did you see the Roto World news? Speaking I did. Of Silva about Marshawn Lynch. I did. He's actually uh, the report from uh, a beat reporter out there said that Marshawn Lynch might be held to fewer than 200 carries this year. Which, which if you're a listener of this show, you won't, you wouldn't own Marshawn Lynch right now anyway. But go ahead. Well, I own him. What? Well, I got him in the third round of that dynasty of Blake Carrington <laughs> dynasty. I was just All right, too unless good you're, to pass up. Well, yeah, but that's fine. That's yeah. another dynasty rookie draft. But yeah. I'm just saying you would, would not have been drafting him in, in a redraft, redraft. Yeah, yeah. based on our comments. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so the, and Howard Bender takes Lynch right there. I was actually on Fantasy Alarm uh, last week, and we were talking about um, players that, uh, you know, he said, well, what player do you hate even though everybody else loves? And I said, you know, it's difficult because – you have to take value into it. And, and I said to Marco Murray, just because I don't view me taking him at his mid second round. Right. Price. You're drafting kind of upside. Is what you're, you're basically drafting him at a ceiling in there. So I, I wouldn't be taking it. And of course, Howard's like, well, I actually just drafted him in the <laughs> second round of some experts draft. And I felt like an idiot, but, and he's like, Oh, but I don't love him. Eric. He tried to be nice to me. He's like, but I don't love him. I'm with you. I, it's okay, but I don't love him. You're at a dinner party. It's like ripping on someone's college major or their college. You're like, Oh, sociology majors are all idiots. Yeah. What's your major in? Yeah, or or uh, saying uh, what immigrant has a pony when when you're at uh, a dinner party and then you find out that I had a pony. Manya had a pony. A little bit of the Seinfeld 
fun tonight. Marshawn Lynch and then Tom Brady is the selection after that, followed by four straight receivers to end round four. Alshon Jeffrey, Golden Tate, Larry Fitzgerald, and Julian Edelman as the number three receiver to Keith Douglas. So we have uh, a lot of receivers off the board here after uh, four rounds, Dave. We have one, two, three teams already with three wide outs. We have three teams with two tight ends. So there is a lot of stacking going on right now uh, position-wise as we enter the fifth round of this draft. This is actually a lot more interesting, the way that the people have handled the tight ends in this draft versus last night. Last night they did chase. Remember how there was that – like, I think it was the fourth-round bulky, maybe it was, where there was fourth a round, yeah. streak of about, like, six tight ends that went in those 12 picks. Here, everybody's like, you know what? Screw you guys. You guys take your two tight ends each. We're going to grab all the other talent that you're just leaving around, leaving lay around, and I think that's the way to do it, actually. Yeah, I, that does make sense. Uh, and you would think with three teams going doubling up on tight end, there would be sort – there's almost like a price-fixing aspect yeah, of yeah. the other nine teams in this, of, in this format saying, like, okay, look, I'm not – or, you know, it's a better analogy, is in the dark night – when the Joker set up the two the bombs on the two ferries, and and they it was like a game of chicken between the convicts and the citizens. Like they had to, they could blow up the other one, but at midnight they both blew up if nobody blew up the other's boat. This is what it's like. It's like, well, you know what? They didn't take a tight end yet, so well, I'm still here. I'm gonna let those tight ends go, and that's what's happening. Tonight. But they are gonna need them. There will be a run. Yeah, I, I think the sixth round is where it's gonna come. Well, we'll see. It definitely didn't happen in the fifth round. Let's get into the analysis there. Dalvin Cook to Keith Douglas here at the 501, followed by Terrell Pryor, Stephon Diggs, and Tyreek Hill as the third receiver to Mike Beers from Rotoviz. That's a bit of a drop for Hill. All the way from the like the 404, I think, to the 504. Oh yeah, I was just going to say, are you are you talking about last night specifically or, yeah, or normally? Yeah, specifically last night. Uh, I think I think also he does normally go on the beginning of the fourth. 503 right. actually. Is he? Yeah, okay. 503. Right. So now this is I'm talking little... about a DE ADP too, okay, which is may it maybe is not that big of a difference, but uh, normally 503, so he's getting him right at his value. Tyler Eifert is the seventh tight end off the board tonight, and he goes at the 505. Martavis Bryant. Jamison Crowder, Devontae Adams, and Michael Crabtree. So a lot of interesting high upside receivers there. Dave, of, of those four in the fifth round between Bryant, Crowder, Adams, and Crabtree, which one do you like best for that value right there? Actually, you know, I, I like the player that went last. I like Crabtree the best. Remember, Crabtree went last night at the 312 pick, so he went pretty early. Uh, you know, I don't dislike Crowder. I don't dislike Devontae Adams. I mean, obviously, he's got Raven Rodgers throwing to him. But Crabtree, just to me, is real steady Eddie. He's going to get his targets. His quarterback just got a new contract. I just feel really com- comfy, as you would say, Valky, yep. with Crabtree. Um, other points I want to make about those receivers. Number one, out of those four, the two that I consistently see rising in high-stakes drafts are Martavis Bryant and Jamison Crowder, especially Crowder. Seems to be moving up, 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 up every single day. Bryant, to me, has more risk. Quite a bit more risk than, uh, the other, than the other three, actually. I would agree with that. Now, uh, I will say this. I haven't seen, uh, of those four receivers, I've only seen one of them go in the first round, and that's Devontae Adams. I saw go. Well, what did I tell you? Was that the 108 or the 110 in a Football Guys Players Championship draft? That's, you know, it's a little bit it's a number of standard deviations outside yes. of the norm. Yes, uh, maybe a dozen standard <laughs> deviations. Uh, so that so that's an interesting four receivers right there, and then we move on. Tevin Coleman to Izzy Elkafis is his number three running back. He what, is, is, what was your opinion on Coleman last night? Because you asked me about mine, and I, I wasn't a gargantuan fan, but you liked him. Yeah, I, you tend to you tend to like Coleman, I think a little bit. Well, I own him in, in Dynasty, and and I've been waiting for that um, uh, uh, bond to pay off, but it, <laughs> it it still has not matured. 
maybe this will be the year. The problem, I guess, I don't necessarily have with Coleman, and this isn't a huge thing, but I do worry about Kyle Shanahan leaving that offense and bringing in Steve Sarkeesian. I, I don't know how those running backs are going to be used. If Hooper does, in fact, break out this year, uh, then that's going to be taking away some targets from, from Freeman and Coleman. So I don't know. Uh, I just I guess I feel like the fact that Coleman seems to be rising up boards a little bit is making me like him a little less um, when I can get guys like, you know, some other, I won't mention them, but some other pass-catching running backs that you can get a little bit later that I don't think are necessarily that much worse than Coleman. Yeah, I mean, so, yeah, that's the thing. Isn't um, Freeman is up for, or did he sign, like, a long-term contract? Supposedly they're they're trying to get an extension done right but now. But he's going to supposedly do that. That's going to be a pretty lucrative deal. So they it really be, like yeah. him, and he's really the lead guy. So I don't, I don't really, I guess I kind of question him myself. Why isn't Coleman going more in, like, the 6th, 7th, or 8th is kind of where I would value him based on the fact that he's, Definitely the B player in an, in the A B running back game yeah. for the Falcons. Yeah. No, I, I you make a lot of good points and well I'll just say this. Okay, so Tevin Coleman is the five ten pick tonight. Normally in FFPC best ball, you are looking at him going at the six oh four. So now maybe this is a case a little a, higher, but not much. I, again, and I'm looking at ADP over the last two weeks. So maybe if Coleman is rising, which I do believe he is, maybe this makes right. a lot of sense there for for Izzy. Um, but Izzy might have to call back in and be like, "Look, guys, let me explain this pick to you. Yeah. You morons, you don't understand it yet. I'll tell you what it's like." And and in Izzy's defense, he also did get Freeman. This is a best ball format. That's true. So he's locking true. up the Atlanta running game. That's a good point. And we, I mean, why don't we notice this like instantly? By the way, I love the McCaffrey pick because uh, I just love McCaffrey. I know you love McCaffrey. <laughs> uh, Emmanuel Sanders and Willie Sneed finishing off the uh, fifth round. I like that Willie Sneed pick by Scott Fish. I'm a fan of Willie Sneed this year. I think he's. Uh, being undervalued, and I think... Uh, he signed a contract today, right? Uh, I don't know if he has signed it yet. Has he? The, what is the, he getting paid? Like, in or grant? It's yeah, a ridiculously it was, crappy amount. Yeah, it was very... You know, seriously, the so Saints great. are... This is the type of crappy organization the Saints are. They were, no wonder Brandon Cooks was happy to leave. Seriously, this team sucks. The Saints suck. Their organization's well, terrible. I mean, I'm not going to comment on that, but Willie Sneed uh, normally going at the 605, so a, a solid value, uh, or you know, where you have to get them, basically. Uh, and, and I like that. Now, I, I don't know if I necessarily like it as my number one receiver because that's what Scott Fish drafted him as, but you only have to start two, and he follows up Willie Sneed with Dante Moncrief as the first pick in the sixth round. So there's a lot of significant upside here, uh, getting Snead and Moncrief as your one-two receivers, and you already have loaded up at running back and tight end in the first four rounds. So I think that strategy has paid off for Scott Fish. Looks like our prediction for the sixth round is coming true. Wasn't my prediction. It was your prediction, my friend. And uh, we do see some more tight ends going off the board here, a significant amount as we uh, venture forward here in the pros versus Joe's number two, say my name draft, Hunter Henry, the 602 selection. That is uh, Brian Holgen taking him as his number one tight end. Zach Ertz, the pick right after that to Izzy Elkoffis as his number one tight end, followed by Brandon Marshall to Drew Maselli. Do you know if Drew is, is drafting this with uh, Josh Maselli, his son? you know if they're doing this together? Uh, I don't know. Josh, you know, he's been going to a lot of weddings lately, so there's not a lot of weddings on this time of the, of the week. So maybe, yeah. no, maybe no, he's available. No Monday night weddings. Generally not. Yeah. I mean, that's the cheapest time of the week. Monday night? Monday night yeah. weddings, the cheap That's the, And what they say, Fridays are the cheap ones, but Monday, dude, super cheap. Yeah. Yeah, Friday is, is the uh, um, the new um, clicky thing to do, to have your wedding on a Friday, yeah. So you, could say, you could save money, and like now it's becoming the thing. 
so now it's all, like so many people are doing it that it's almost becoming the norm. Really? It's not being that big of a deal. Is it like a social, socially conservative thing to do or something that you're, you know, saving the grass or something that you're not trampling it on, on Saturday or something? No, it's just I, I, I think that it's – it's um, You're fiscally responsible or – Well, you can – if you have your wedding on a Friday, whoever is hosting the event can still do something on a Saturday. You know what I mean? So you can basically lock up two big events on one weekend if you're the person doing it. So to encourage people to do that, maybe you give them a pretty good discount to have it on Friday. Right, no, it makes sense. Yeah. They don't do it on Sundays, though, because of church and all that. I don't know anybody who, I mean, I'm sure there's people who have been married on Sundays. I've never been to a Sunday wedding. Yeah. Never been to a Monday wedding either. <laughs> Josh, tell us how it is. Brandon Marshall is the uh, 604 selection tonight, followed by Eric Ebron and Delaney Walker. So two more tight ends here in the sixth round. That brings the total to four halfway through the sixth round. Uh, Devontae Parker, Spencer Ware, and Mark Ingram are the selections after that. Jack Doyle, Jeremy Macklin, Martellus Bennett round out the sixth round. Dave, Jeremy Macklin again. He has an ADP in the ninth round of FFPC DEs. He went in the fourth round last night. He goes in the sixth round tonight to Evan Silva. Macklin. Maybe your ADP is a little bit on the uh, outdated tip. Uh, it must be because he is going up, up, up. What do you make about the, okay? So here's here's the question: With Macklin fast rising up boards, does Mike Wallace or Bashad Perriman become a value? I don't know. I mean, Macklin's the, the competent receiver that they people, the the guys in the know think he's going to be the one that's going to produce. I don't I don't know how anyone could assert that it's Perriman's going to be that guy. It's not going to be him. And Wallace is still more that kind of the speed guy, the the deep threat. And uh, it makes sense that Macklin's the guy where the middle is going to catch passes and you you know tight end. You're looking at Ben Watson. So, really, it makes some sense, actually. And I don't think anybody's thinking Brashad Perriman's going to be the guy, but you can get him in the 14th round in this format. I mean, that's – especially in best ball, that makes a lot of sense for a guy like him. So, I don't know. Maybe he becomes more of a value. Uh, I don't know if I could uh, pull the trigger this early on Jeremy Macklin. But, uh, hey, Evan Silva did it, and uh, I think if you put a Twitter poll out there right now, he is uh, what more well-versed in fantasy football than yours truly. Uh, Martellus Bennett finishes off the sixth round. So you are looking at one, two, three, four, five, six tight ends go off the board in the sixth round. So Dave was right, and you do see that tight end run hitting the sixth round tonight, two rounds later than it was last night. And now you have a total excuse me, of uh, 13 tight ends off the board through six rounds, and only one, two, two teams do not have at least one tight end. So we'll be paying attention to that uh, as we go forward. Devontae Parker was the selection in this past round, Howard Bender from Fantasy Alarm. We heard a lot of uh, off-season buzz uh, about Devontae Parker and how he is going to have a breakthrough year, a breakout year in that Miami Dolphins offense. He is... Uh, been asking more questions at meetings he's been more punctual doing all the little things that he was not doing before how nice Our, that's lovely it's, yeah it's a it's a feel you, good story how do you how do you how does that impact your projections for him with that when he shows up nicely on meetings and he talks and ask questions when do i run the post when do i run the curl here sir yes you make fun of that okay? i you damn right i make fun okay. of it and i should but there is something to be said for, the point is, how do you project that? It's all just a bunch of guesswork, cockamamie witchcraft. I think that the six pros in this draft would disagree with you. That, you it, is not, me, that it is not cockamamie witchcraft. You tell me what you know, the squirrel's nuts or whatever you have to put into your little your, your, your bowl that you're mixing up your spell. And you're oh, gonna, the, the you're mortar, gonna, mortar and pistol? Yeah, you're going to conjure pistol up mortar. your, your uh, Devontae Parker projections based on him showing up at meetings and asking questions. 
you know, let me know how that works out for you. Yeah, that's uh, that's what they used on Game of Thrones to bring the mountain back to life. Oh, is it? was cockamamie witchcraft. I think that's that is how it works. Yeah. Um, okay, so the the thing I will say about Parker is uh, I I really thought his ADP would be going higher up, but it does. It sounds like a lot of people are reading between the lines here and not not seeing a. a a big breakout that a lot of people are projecting. Well, okay. I mean, okay. He has an opportunity to really do well, but he still has to deal with Jarvis Landry. He still has to deal with Tannehill not being all that great of a quarterback, right? Uh, Ajayi is not a terrible pass catching back. So even if he breaks out, what is he breaking out to? Like, I think he's just, he's probably not breaking out to a WR one type player. Do you think? No, I, just, I don't no, think that. Absolutely not. So his upside is kind of a bit capped. And his downside is, is about as low as it can be. I mean, because he could still just be terrible. He's had injury issues in the past. So I, I think you see a limited upside, a, a, a colossal downside. You have to use witchcraft to try and project his, you know, to his numbers. And, and that's why. I mean, you should be getting him at a discount. I, I, I don't think, you know, six round is okay. But I could see him going a little bit later. I get it. Uh, he was the 33rd receiver drafted tonight, and I think he does finish somewhere in the 20 to 25 range for receivers. You do? So, yeah. How I, much you want to bet? I think five we bucks? are. I, I'm pretty sure we already have five on that. Yeah. Um, this was something that we had talked about earlier. It wasn't that narrow of a range. It was something else, right? I'm sure it was. No, like, I think he, he has to finish as a top 25 receiver this year. I think okay. that's literally what it was. Was it? Okay. Yeah. Um, which I think he does. And uh, if he does, that makes a lot of sense no for Howard Bender there. It's, there's a total chance, and I think it happens. <laughs> moving on, the 701 tonight. I love finding no chance. All right. uh, moving on, the 701 tonight by uh, FFPC Joe. Keith Douglas, he takes Doug Martin. Now, this is a guy that has been – or is uh, suspended for the first four games of the season. I said the first four years of the game. The first, first nobody would take a chance on a guy like that. <laughs> the first four games of the year, he normally goes at the seven twelve, uh, and Keith Douglas gets him at the seven oh one tonight. He, he so it makes a, big, a lot of sense. He was a big value last night. Doug Martin was. He was the number ten team that was being Richard, a little bit maligned. Richard Green, yeah. yeah in the tenth round, Green got a nice value. There. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and now we're seeing Martin go up a little bit more tonight. Deshaun Jackson is the fourth receiver to, uh, drafted by Evan Silva out of the uh, two hole, and then uh, a few more quarterbacks go this round, led by Andrew Luck to uh, Chuck Root, and then Drew Brees right after that to Mike Beers. Amir Abdullah is the third running back selected by um, Dan Thomas, who we had on the show before. Kelvin Benjamin is the fourth receiver drafted by uh, Howard Bender. Uh, you have uh, Russell Wilson going right after that, and then a trio of running backs, Mike Gillisley, Carlos Hyde, Adrian Peterson. Let's talk about uh, – we talked about Gillisley a little bit uh, last night. We're going to be talking about him on, on Friday as well. Carlos Hyde. Speaking of Roto World blurbs, did you happen to see that one? <laughs> yes, I did. Especially since I made the terribly bad Joe Williams trade, so I'm I'm really rooting for Joe Williams to do well. Right. So here's the so the blurb on Roto World was that Carlos Hyde could be a potential cut. Uh, I always love a su- this. surprise a, cut. Yes, great yeah. adjective. The surprise cut. Now, far be it for me to put out a conspiracy theory on this show. Which, by the way, you, let me just interrupt you. You dealt Carlos Hyde in one of your I did. beautiful trades, Balky. Yeah, and then shortly thereafter, I drafted him in a startup <laughs> dynasty. But then you, you did pick up crap. It was like Latavius Murray and some other junk. Right? Well, here's the thing. Yeah, and there was, it was Sammy Coates was involved. It basically boiled down to Latavius Murray for Carlos Hyde. Doesn't and, it suck when you trade your guy away for junk? Or what you think is okay, and you lose because you're... you're, you're the guy you get back is terrible, but then the guy who traded away was terrible. Like, I think you guys just both got rid of yeah. really bad players. Now, here's the thing. I went around and I flipped Latavius Murray 
for the 301 pick in uh, Carrington, and I took Marshawn Lynch with that pick. <laughs> That's funny. So effectively, I funny. traded. You got rid of Carlos Hyde, and I got Marshawn That's Lynch. That's not bad, actually. Uh, so Possibly. To, we'll see. To get back to my conspiracy right, theory, yes. we see this blurb about Hyde being a, a potentially a surprise cut. We see the, the blurb. What was the other uh, Roto World blurb we mentioned uh, earlier in the show? We were talking about, oh, did you happen to see? Oh, Marshawn Lynch. I have, Evans, I have an Elvin Silva question. Go ahead. Okay. We have two guys from Roto World in this draft tonight. How likely is it that these guys decided to strategically oh, make sure yeah. that these blurbs were posted on Roto World shortly before the Pros versus Joes draft goes off when they know that everybody else will be checking Roto World to see the latest news so they're not making any bad picks? And then you see... Uh, Carlos Hyde and uh, Marshawn. Now, who did they go to? This is the question. Carlos Hyde goes to, yeah. to Drew Maselli. Except that Rich, Rich could have gotten him right before he went yeah. to, to the Maselli's. And, uh, and By then the he, way, the Maselli's who live where? In California. In Bay the, Area. Bay Area. Yeah. Well, I don't actually, Josh lives in Arizona now, but uh, the dad still in Palo Alto <laughs> or true. San Francisco or whatever <laughs> the, the hell he's doing. Yeah. So, okay, so Hyde, is, is, do you buy this surprise cut? I mean, is there anything there? Uh, yeah, I think they don't like him. Right. I said this all along. They yeah. don't like him. Okay. I did. I, we we did talk about the fact that you know that Hyde is still probably the best running back on the team. And if the team had any brains whatsoever, they'd probably just wear all these guys around. Realize that Hyde's not probably the best fit for their system, but he's still better than the other guys. Yeah. I mean, I would think that he is. Yeah. Maybe he's not. I mean, maybe he just totally is not that great. I wouldn't draft Hyde unless he's really getting cheap, but he's not quite cheap enough for me yet. Uh, Jimmy Wagner, who drafted in this event last year, FFPC Joe, who's been on the high stakes lowdown on the high stakes fantasy football hour, won tens of thousands of dollars playing in the FFPC already. Very smart guy. Uh, just posted in the chat, Carlos Hyde is doo-doo. That is the hard-hitting analysis that you get from hard, he's, high stakes players. Doo-doo for what? A uh, breakout year? No, I think he is oh. doo-doo for more doo-doo if you draft him <laughs> this year. So he is not a fan of Carlos. You know Hyde. what I want to ask Evan Silva? What? If he does, if he uh, hates the use of the one, you know, dumb podcast host say the yeah. blurb. You, we you, we you, can ask him. You that. said blurb like you know thirty times during your little yeah. blurbathon here. I was trying to set up my blurb joke. <laughs> it was a joke blurb. You can actually ask him that, Dave, this Friday night because Evan Silva will be our guest on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour this Friday. Right, yeah, so, you so know what, Evan? I'm going to ask you about we'll, the blurb. We'll you talk know? about the blurb it's aspect. Like, it's news, you freaking a-holes. You I know? think that that will, I mean, honestly, especially after this show, that is going to be at the forefront of everybody's mind uh, is, is how what, what his take is on blurb. So that will be a good use of Evan's time. I appreciate that. I'm sure it will. Uh, Adrian Peterson, Pierre Garcon, and then Danny Woodhead finishing off the seventh round here. Danny Woodhead to Scott Fish as his number three running back. Pierre Garcon is the third receiver taken. Uh, by Brian Holgen tonight. Uh, as a reminder, uh, for anybody who is interested in uh, playing in a format like this, go to myffpc.com. We have plenty of best ball formats that you can draft your own team just like this, uh, as well as Dynasty, Football Guys Players Championship, $2 million prize pool, FFPC main event, a $1.8 million prize pool. And if you sign up and pay for your team in that format tonight, you will get your main event draft slot after next weekend, a full month ahead of time. So you can plan and, uh, you know, connive your way to knowing what you want to do for your strategy in the FFPC main event this year. Uh, if you missed it last night, we had the FFPC Fat Stacks Division Number 1 draft. Uh, those boards are posted at FFPC on Twitter, at HSFF Hour on Twitter. Of course, the FFPC and High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour Facebook pages as well. 
Uh, you can check those out there. And we'll be posting all the boards from all six of these drafts. We'll have another one tomorrow we'll preview at the end of the show. Let's get into the eighth round here. Eric Decker is the third receiver selected by Scott Fish at the 801. And then we get a massive running back run. Bilal Powell to Brian Holgen. Derek Henry to uh, Izzy Alcafis. Uh, Theo Riddick to Drew Maselli. Eddie Lacy to Rich Rebar. And uh, Duke Johnson uh, completes that run to Eric Young there. Uh, Dave, did you – well, I, I, I won't talk about Duke Johnson right now because we, we do have a significant discussion on tap for him on Friday. But he's going to be an interesting player to discuss. Adam Thielen and Cameron Meredith, uh, two guys that basically uh, went around ahead of their ADP tonight. These two guys are climbing uh, draft boards. Cameron Meredith, Dave, is a guy – is a guy that was going in the 14th round, then he moved up to the 13th, shot up to the 11th. Now we saw him in the 9th and 10th, and now here he goes in the 8th. Sky's the, the limit, apparently, for Cameron Meredith. Everybody's starting to believe in him and realizing they were underdrafting him before. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I, I did a new, a new dynasty startup this year, and I actually drafted Meredith. was one of the receivers I drafted. And I, I did a bit of research on him looking at, well, I mean, what do you think? Is Kevin White actually going to come back and break out, or is he going to be the bust that he looks like he has been so far? He was in, Kevin White was an overaged rookie coming out, injury issues, has done literally nothing in the NFL, versus Meredith is like the exact opposite, an unheralded player, comes in and actually just produces and gets production. Stays healthy, yeah, stays on the field. The team actually, I think the front office was kind of giving Meredith a little bit of crap, like saying, you know, you really have to step, step up your game, this and that, because they're just wanting him to actually come out and be that number one wide receiver that they need. So I, I really do like Cameron Meredith quite a bit. Uh, Cameron Meredith is uh, a guy that was selected by Dan Thomas here tonight. And if you look at what Dan Thomas has done uh, over his, well, I suppose you can't because they're private drafts, but he's drafted a lot of FFPC draft experts, football guys, leagues, and he knows where these players are going. He knows how to build a squad. When you can wait until the eighth round and get a guy like Cameron Meredith as your number three receiver, I think you might be doing a few things right. So that was a really good job by him. Uh, he already had three running backs. He already had a tight end and a quarterback to get Meredith there. Uh, well done, good sir. Kobe Fleener right after that. Paul Perkins. And then John Brown, a guy we talked about uh, a lot last night. And then Randall Cobb. Now, this is a player we should talk about here going at the 8-12. It's very difficult for me to come to terms with a guy who had such a massive breakout season a couple of years ago on an elite offense. A guy, Randall Cobb, who I think was an early second-round pick or um, – late first. I can't remember what he was, but he was right in that area. Uh, yeah, something second round. And, and he's going in the eighth round, man. And I know he really stunk it up last year. Uh, but it's so, it's so weird for me to see Cobb there. Now, are you on board with Randall Cobb in the eighth round in a format like this and where, you know, where obviously tight ends get a little bit more pushed up? Do you like him as far as, uh, as, far as his value right here uh, in high stakes drafts this year? I really, you know, I personally, I do not. I don't think Randall Cobb, I don't think he's all that talented of a player. I think he oversigned the contract. And, and if you look at his, you look, again, you look at his production, he's had one really good year. It was 2014, 91 catches, 1,287 yards. We have 12 touchdowns. Since then, I mean, he's not, he's not that good. I mean, really, man. I mean, you have Aaron Rodgers throwing the ball to you, and you're really, you're putting up, what do you have? 830 yards in 2015 and 610 yards last year. That's terrible. I mean, that's awful. I, I sorry. I don't. I don't. I don't like Randall Cobb. He but, cost. He cost me the Kentucky Fantasy Football Championship, by yeah, the way. Yeah. Which overall title? Which your good friend and my most hated arch nemesis and rival, uh, Ron Meyer, continues to bring up and, yeah. and, and stab me in Make, the back. Making on. T-shirts for it this yeah, year. Yeah, exactly. Apparently. This guy, you know, this yeah. guy's the biggest jerk out there. Yeah. 
Um, <laughs> so let me ask you this, because I know you're not, you've never really been a huge fan of drafting Packers tight ends. More FFPC points this year, Martellus Bennett or Randall Cobb? I'll still take Cobb. Really? Over Bennett? You hate the Packers tight ends. They don't throw to them more than 90 times a year. They've never had a good one. Yeah, I mean, and the last time they had a... Shemura, Bubba Frank, Well, no, but yeah, and and you were drafting those guys back then. Paul Kaufman would have been a great fantasy (laughs) pick, by the way, in the 80s. Ed West. Uh, Well, he wasn't so great. Um, But your Michael Finley, they threw to him a bunch. They threw to him some. Would you say that Martellus Bennett is the best Packers tight end since your Michael Finley? Sure, I would say that. Okay. This is interesting. <laughs> I, I want to make another wager with you, but we literally already have two Martellus. I got five on it this year, and I don't want to turn this I got five on a board to the I got five on Martellus board. All right. So let's enough. move on. The 901, LeGarrette Blount to uh, Keith Douglas. Evan Silva gets Tyrell Williams as his sixth straight receiver. So uh, Evan Silva starts off as drafted running back, two tight ends, and now he's drafted nothing but receivers uh, thus far. Corey Davis and then Kenny Britt right after that, followed by a couple of tight ends, C.J. Fedorowicz to Dan Thomas. Uh, Austin Hooper climbing up the board to the n- uh, ninth round tonight. Your boy, uh, Austin Hooper. Austin Hooper to Howard Bender. I like that pick. Uh, Samaji P. Ryan and Frank Gore right after that, followed by Matt Ryan, who is the uh, sixth, t- excuse me, tight end, sixth quarterback off the board. And then Jordan Matthews, a guy I really like this year as well for his value. Now I'm a little surprised that Izzy took him uh, as early as he did. I'm just checking his ADP right now. I could be wrong on this, uh, but I thought Jordan Matthews is going later than that uh, with the addition of Alshon Jeffrey, Torrey Smith, what have you. Jordan Matthews normally going at the 1106. Uh, and Izzy gets him tonight in the uh, uh, ninth round. So not not an egregious uh, overreaching uh, pick, but uh, certainly went going out and getting his guys, which <laughs> I really appreciate. Uh, Jason Witten and Mike Wallace uh, finish off the ninth round. We have not talked a whole lot of C.J. Fedorowicz. We briefly touched on him last night. I I am definitely lower than everybody else <laughs> on Fedorowicz. I just I don't I don't see anything more than I don't mind just the guy really. Yeah. In that offense, like with DeAndre Hopkins and Will, Will Fuller, Lamar Will Miller. A long, he's just a long threat. He's just, he's not. Tom he, Savage throwing not, him the ball. Not moving the, that's the point. Well, that's why you have Fedorowicz. Fedorowicz can, or, Tom Savage can't possibly hit Will Fuller on a bomb. He's going to underthrow him, overthrow him. He's going to throw it out of bounds. He doesn't, have, doesn't know what he's doing. He's going to have to throw it to Fedorowicz over the middle all the time. Yeah. He and Hopkins, that's all he's going to throw it to. Fedorowitz and Hopkins. So you don't like Fuller. You don't like uh, – who's the other guy from Ohio State? Miller? Braxton Miller is nothing this year? No. Okay. When does Watson take over on that team? Yeah, there's another – Watson's going to be throwing his 49-mile-an-hour fastball. Yeah. So Fedorowitz right over the middle. Speaking of another guy who can't throw Will Fuller a bomb, Sean Watson. Yeah, Fuller, <laughs> Fuller will be out in the parking lot by the right. time Watson's ball gets there. Yeah, uh, and it still won't be in his vicinity. Um <laughs> There was one other guy I wanted to talk about in this round. Can I mention one thing quick? Yeah, go ahead, because I can't remember who it was. Isn't it odd that Team 3 draft... I mean, I just find Team it, 3 is Chuck Root, FFC yeah, Joe. I mean, that Jack Doyle, some journeyman, you know, piece of junk tight end, yeah. gets drafted ahead of his quarterback, Andrew Luck. <laughs> that is The funny. supposed perennial pro that bowler that may eventually go to the Hall of Fame. But he got the hookup. He, yeah, got, he did get the hookup, got, got and he, the, he made the correct pick. He astutely took Doyle and then waited on luck. Yeah, that is interesting. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to the uh, 10th round then here. Uh, Cameron Brait goes off the board at the uh, 10-01 to Scott Fish as his number three tight end. Cameron Brait, by the way, is a guy I really like as a third tight end in this format. 
Yeah, because he'll have some big weeks. Yeah, and you don't have to worry. You, you start him whenever. I mean, you don't have to worry about it. There's so a reasonable I, shot that Howard just – I mean, Howard supposedly has looked really good in many camps off, not, you know, off season so far. He could just be bad. You know, he's a rookie, tight end, and Brate's been solid. And we've already seen it from Brate. I mean, he's, it, yeah. if he does it, nobody's going to be shocked at that. Right. C.J. Procise is the next selection to Brian Holgen, and then we have a mini quarterback run here, Cam Newton uh, to Izzy Alcafas. Dak, uh, Dak Prescott – uh, Drew Maselli takes – this is an interesting draft that Drew has. He takes tight end, tight end to start it off, and then he goes quarterback, quarterback in round nine or ten. Do you think Drew's trying to force some action here at the quarterback and tight end positions? I think he is, yeah. I mean, it, it makes some sense, actually, at, at quarterback, because they really – people have been ignoring quarterback a little bit more than they should in a DE format at this point. Yeah, I'm a little surprised, too, that when we have one, two, three – Four teams without quarterbacks so far, without any quarterbacks. Well, and you, and you see, you know, Drew's such a smart, he's just a veteran smart drafter. He takes Ryan, comes back around, sees Cam go. Then by taking Prescott, he really pushes the action on teams one, two, and what is it, team six that don't have a quarterback Right, yet. yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I mean, they didn't end up taking any, I, but, I mean, it's going to happen. I mean, they're going to have to start drafting him because you're going to need three eventually, and I think, you know, he's definitely got two already. You could also make the case that Rich Rebar is maybe ready to go in a different direction there and not take a quarterback, but once he saw back-to-back quarterbacks go, then he feels, okay, i got to take Roethlisberger at this point as my number one, so Absolutely. he gets, gets him there. Uh, Julius Thomas, part of that Miami Dolphins uh, puffed-up juggernaut that we keep hearing <laughs> about in the media. Uh, the starting tight end for Miami goes to Eric Young as the uh, second tight end for we'll that FFPC game. Uh, another – I. You know, Marvin Jones is another guy that you just salivate over to, to rip on, it seems like, all the time. Like, I do. I salivate over to rip on. Uh, what just, does that even uh, mean? Like I'm you're not, licking your chops and you see the Marvin oh, Jones sticker to, coming on the board. and like, can't wait oh, to insult can't, him. Can't wait till Valky gets to, to him so we can talk about how bad he's going to be. Well, he's never done anything. He, he, had, he had a good game. He had one good year <laughs> with 10 touchdowns, but he didn't have that many catches or yards. And then last year he had one 200-yard game. He's a one-and-one one, one and, one and done. Which, by the way, that 200-yard game, uh, you know who that was against? The Packers, right? The massively, uh, uh, insanely good Green Bay Packers I secondary. He, I think he had a 90-yard catch, too. It's like, it's such BS. He's terrible. Kareem Hunt right after him, Matt Forte, and then Latavius Murray falls four rounds from where he went last night. <laughs> uh, did you see, uh, by the way, uh, Darren Armani, who does a great job putting this whole thing together every single year, follow him. Yes, we at, should really give Armani more props. Yeah, follow him on Twitter at FantasyMojo. Go to FantasyMojo.com. A lot of great FFPC ADP there and uh, some other great fantasy tools too, so check that out. But Darren actually <laughs> tweeted out today uh, um, that he, I can't remember the exact thing, but like shaking my head or it, I got a headache from Latavius oh, right. Lat Murray going at the 603 and it was a picture of the Hindenburg explosion <laughs> I saw that. that was very good uh Matt so and follow him for great tweets apparently too <laughs> uh, Matt Forte Latavius Murray uh going and then to finish off rounds 10 the top two picks of the 2016 and or 2015 NFL draft correct uh yeah no 2014 NFL draft Winston and Mariota this is it their wasn't 14 this was is it? this is oh no this is their third year so it's 2015 yeah, 2015 15. NFL draft so they go Mariota and James Winston, and that brings us through uh, so 10 rounds here. little mini quarterback thing going on. So you were right. I mean, after, after Drew Maselli takes Prescott, he gets three teams who previously did not have quarterbacks to make sure they hop on and get a quarterback. Now, Howard Bender still avoided it, and he and Scott Fish are the only teams without a quarterback at this point, and we're seeing some double-ups here as we enter uh, round 11. 
Uh, one other thing, I, I meant to point this out when we were talking about the Randall Cobb Martellus Bennett discussion, but they are both on the same fantasy team here in in this draft. Keith Douglas took Randall Cobb after getting Martellus Bennett, so maybe yeah. it's it's not necessarily. I really believe in Bennett. I believe in Cobb. I just want a couple of slices of what could be the best offense in pro football. Sure. Their number one tight end, their number three receiver, essentially, who, by the way, was their number one receiver like two years ago. So it's not like he doesn't have it in and would be successful. And he doesn't have to worry about starting any of these guys. By so chance, he gets he's number one receiver. And whatever. And then he <laughs> uh, gets Jared Cook to lead off the 11th round. We're at Kirk Cousins here uh, at the 11:02 to Evan Silva. So Evan Silva actually takes two quarterbacks, Mariota and Cousins. And I think then, Silva did well there. I mean, I think Mariota and Cousins, that's, those are two really good quarterbacks for waiting until the 10th level. I think he did really it, well at quarterback position, locking those two up. What's the percentage chance that both those quarterbacks finish as top 10 quarterbacks this year? You know, I think what, both of them, probably not that great. Because, I mean, you know, truthfully, that's kind of tough for them both to get there. Probably like 20%. I think it's higher. I, I, well, yeah. but you don't. But you have to consider both. I mean, that's a for one of them. I am. I am. It's not that good. No, I th- for them I, both to, to for them both to get there. I mean, that's tough. If one of them has a bad year, Balky, one of them finishes. Here's the thing, Dave. I don't think either one of them has a bad year. <laughs> I think they both have very successful years. Actually, are you counting how many quarterbacks? Yes, yeah, so they went. They went. Uh, what was it like? Eleventh and thirteenth, or something like that. To that. Eleven and thirteen. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, they both have a shot to be top 10 top quarterbacks, but for them to both be top 10 quarterbacks is actually asking a lot. Okay. For one of them could be 8th, and another one could be 13th. One could be 8th, another one could be 20th. One right. could get hurt, whatever. So, it's, it's pretty tough. Can I make a bold even prediction to, even, here? Even to say Tom Brady and Russell Wilson will both be top 10 quarterbacks, the odds of that happening are probably only like 60%. Wow. I think it's higher. But it actually, in, do you know how the statistics and all the math? Yes, works? I'm very familiar <laughs> with how math works. I, I like being a little condescending. Um, I'll, I'll make a bold, bold prediction. Marcus Mariota finishes as the number two overall quarterback this year. Behind, you guessed it, Kirk Cousins as number one. <laughs> That'd be something. It's, you know, this know. is why Evan Silva is so, he's so talented because he just got the number one and number two quarterbacks overall this year great, in great the job there, 11th Evan. round. Josh Jackson is uh, going to be catching balls from Kirk Cousins, and he actually goes to uh, naked time. That's Chuck Root, uh, his team at Team 3. Uh, it takes Josh Jackson. What do you make? We talked about the Washington offense a lot. Do you like uh, Josh Jackson as an 11th round pick, knowing that he's going to be behind Terrell Pryor, Jameson Crowder, and um, Jordan Reed in the pecking order? No. <laughs> no. Knowing, knowing that even if Cousins would be like the number one or number two guy, like you said, no, I don't like that at all. I don't like that this guy who got drafted early and had a you know, total bust of a rookie season, uh, he's now fourth in the pecking order. What good is that? I mean, it sucks. I'm just trying to think if he's, he'd still be fourth because he's ahead of those running backs. He's ahead of Thompson and P. Ryan and Kelly, right? As a receiver? Yeah. Pass catcher. Yes. Okay. Well, I mean, I, I mean, the point say, is it doesn't even matter. I mean, because once you have Crowder, Pryor, and right. Reed, who cares? I mean, Josh Jackson is nothing but an afterthought, really. Jonathan Stewart was a guy that I, I was not on at all, and now I think I am starting to like because he is uh, depressed and drafts. I'm betting since you are a McCaffrey guy, you're not so uh, sold on Jonathan Stewart at the 11:04 as he goes to Mike Beers tonight. I'm not, but I mean, if I had McCaffrey, I would have looked at him. Although I can't fault Izzy for not taking Jonathan Stewart because last night Stewart went like the 14th, I think. Yeah, he went super late. Quincy Anuna right after that. Jeremy Hill, Alvin Kamara, Kenneth Dixon, and James White are the four running backs selected in the middle of the 11th round. That's Hill, Kamara, Dixon, and White. And then uh, three quarterbacks to finish off the round. Derek Carr, 
Philip Rivers, and Tyrod Taylor. Been getting a, seeing a lot of Tyrod Taylor love, Dave, uh, lately on Twitter and, and a lot of articles I've been reading. A lot of people think that he is in for a, a massive year. Actually, I shouldn't even say this because it's giving away the content of the article, but Draft Sharks had a great article about um, quarterback tandems to uh, draft this year with how, how their schedules work out and guys that pair well with each other, right. which you actually used to do your own. Uh, for many years, and then you got to be a big-time podcast co-host. What, hap- what happens is I realize other people do that. And, I, I and put just, more effort into it? Yeah, I could just like, like, lay back and read use their, their, their work. Yeah. Why yeah. not? Well, Draft Sharks is you can use their work. And you can, I do. I'm a subscriber, and I sign, do. Yeah, I sign up for an insider account there at DraftSharks.com. But Tyrod Taylor was on there quite a bit um, with a, a lot of other quarterbacks that you can pair him with. You know, a lot of people you – know, I think the only reason Tyrod Taylor doesn't get drafted earlier is because the Bills seem to somehow hate him. They don't. They're, they're, they use every reason possible to say they're not going to sign him to a long-term deal. They want to cut him. They want to get rid of him. They want to treat him badly. The Bills are another organization run about as poorly as the Saints. They don't know how to treat players like human beings. They treat them like pieces of meat. If Tyrod had gotten respected, I think that he'd be getting drafted a little bit earlier. But I do like Tyrod Taylor. I think he's actually. I, you know, I really was going to rip on Scott Fish for taking Cameron Brait and then missing like I don't know, like a half dozen, like eight quarterbacks. Right. But he actually did all right getting Tyrod Taylor and. Uh, Matthew Stafford, who actually was supposed to be the backup to Jake Rudock. I mean, you know, Rudock is now still out there. So, <laughs> right, yeah. So maybe maybe Ru- Rudock later. Yeah, I was just going to say, get, get, make sure that you're locking up that uh, Lions quarterback value. Get Rudock later. If I was Fish, I would for sure do after Rudock in the 28th. Yeah, so. just yeah, that would be a good, good be way fun. to uh, get everybody a laugh. Uh, Alvin Kamara, your thoughts on him this year? He goes uh, in, in the middle of this round. That was to uh, Eric Young, FFPC Joe. Um, Seeing a lot of great stuff about Adrian Peterson being, you know, doing all the right things in New Orleans. Of course, Mark Ingram was the uh, de facto number one running back they had the last couple of years. Alvin Kamara, they trade up. He's a pass catcher. What do you make of him in the 11th round? You know, the Saints running game, I mean, it's just a typical mess because the way that they run running backs. So I'm not a huge fan necessarily, but I do think that Peterson, I, I, I guess I would look at Kamara as an as a opportunity because I think Peterson is kind of done. So if you think Peterson is done, Ingram is a pretty solid, you know, first and second down back, and Kamara could be your third down back, and you can, might get some production out of him. But I, I'm not – I wouldn't be holding my breath for him to do fantastically well. We, uh, we're going to get to 12th-round analysis shortly here, but before we do that, let's take another phone call. The 408 is live on the air on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour with Balky and Dave. Who is this? Hey, boys, this is Drew. How are you doing? Good, man. How are you? How are you living the dream out on the, out on the coast? Well, he might be in Arizona. That's right. Sure. Is he, are you – no, 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 no ahead, California, California. You're in Cali. Still. I, I suppose you don't summer in Arizona. Once in a while, you go to Arizona just for vacations here and there, right? I'm there a lot. Josh is here now, so I'm I'm there a lot. You know, in fact, I just want to clear a couple things up. No, he's not here tonight because he would have never let me take two tight ends to start this this draft ever. <laughs> in a million years. But, so he's not here. Um, he actually had to work, so it's not a wedding tonight. It's work tonight. So. That's what it is. I had to call in because I didn't realize I was so brilliant taking two quarterbacks back-to-back. But, geez, I didn't, didn't know I was that good. But, geez, I appreciate it, guys. That was nice. It was a, it's a strategy we've rarely seen before where a, a drafter takes two consecutive quarterbacks. Yeah, he's smart and he's humble. Uh, Drew Maselli, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Drew, let's talk, let's talk a little bit about the uh, leading off the draft with two tight ends. Uh, be, when you were you know, getting ready to, to do this draft, did you have any idea that you would be – would be trying to, to force the issue on tight ends, taking a guy like Gronk and, and Jordan Reed and then in the second round. Yeah, actually that's, I actually wanted to get those two. I, uh, in a uh, best ball like this, 
you know, they're injury prone, but they're going to have, when they play, they're going to have great days. I'll get another tight end here in a little while um, to, to fill in. But I, I just thought that would be good. Plus, it just sort of pressed the issue. Now, the guys who are the, the experts, the pros, they don't buy into this stuff, but eventually they're going to have to do it, and they did. You know, eventually had to, which opened up spots down the road. So I wasn't mad about that. It worked well, out well. Yeah, one of those spot, one of those spots that opened up for you uh, as far as getting some value. Now you take Carlos Hyde in the seventh round, and we talked about this earlier. You are, um, you know, right in that the Niners wheelhouse. Uh, see, I believe you hold season tickets to the Niners. Do you not? I do, and if any of you people listening ever want to go to a game, I'm giving them away. But yes. <laughs> so what? So um, Carlos yeah, and, Hyde and he, again. I, I, let him get to camp. Everything he's done so far, you hear three guys say that he's doing great, and then you hear somebody else mumble it off. He doesn't like him. Well, let him play. You know, he, he still is – if it wasn't for that, he was still the best value. But um, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know who leaked whatever that was, but nobody out here is talking about that. But we'll see. Interesting. Yeah, that is true. We'll see. Yeah. Blurb. Yeah. They're blurbing the blurb. it out. So, okay. So, you, so you're on board with Hyde. And then uh, uh, James White, let's talk briefly about him, uh, Drew. You get him in the 11th round. Has he locked up that passing down role for New England? I mean, is he the type of guy that uh, one of those rare Patriots running backs that you actually uh, can count on for decent production? Again, and this is a best ball format, so you don't have to worry about when to start him. But can you count on him for some pretty prolific weeks this year? I think so. I mean, but I sure wouldn't. In a, in, a, in a regular redraft, I really have a hard time with him because you can never tell what Belichick's going to do. But in a, in a best ball, he'll probably have four or five or six really good games, which would be great. You know? So I thought it was a good, last good thing, value uh, right there. La- last thing that we'll, we'll bring up with you, uh, Drew. Uh, yeah, you, the last thing we're going to bring up. I mean, are you ready for the great that, meals that, and that, gambling? That's what I was going to ask. Joe Molino, Joe's, <laughs> you know, the four-card poker. Dude, it's going to be a great, great week in Vegas. At Planet Hollywood. Sign up uh, right now, myffpc.com. Oh, stop advertising. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely ready. Um, got the book, a book to go out there, and uh, we got dinner and uh, just you know, I don't want to end up at the. I don't want to end up at Caesar's Palace underneath that stupid um, statue at four in the morning again, <laughs> taking pictures. I don't want to hear it. Look, we have to take a Dave, picture, David. a selfie of the statue of David with the penis behind us. It's the penis picture at Caesar's. What are you talking about? We do that every yeah, year, and it's going to happen again. Don't worry. Yeah, about. It, it, it probably yeah, will. And it'll be on Facebook. Hey, hey listen, right, Drew, great, uh, looking forward to, uh, to seeing you uh, again out in Vegas. All Thanks right. so much for calling in. Good luck the rest of the way tonight. Good show, guys. Have fun. Bye. Drew, Sell- Drew Maselli, he is drafting from the uh, nine spot tonight. Uh, very successful FFPC uh, <laughs> Joe player in, uh, in, high, in some of the high-stakes leagues out there. They, he and uh, Josh have won the uh, $2,500 auction before. They've uh, done very, very well in uh, big payback and high society as well. So uh, he's, he's bringing the pain tonight with the uh, quarterbacks and tight ends. Just got an interesting tweet, Dave. Uh, Brian Holgen, draft ad, at Draft Addict, uh, drafting out of the 11 hole. Oh, yes. Uh, 
holy cow, I just legitimately listened to the wrong HSFF hour for an hour. KFFSC was killing it, though. So he was, he thought it, he was. It just shows how dumb the show is. That, like, you nobody, just ignore it. Like, we just. just right? It's like, how come no one's talking about yeah. my team? Yeah, I was surprised. Like, I haven't, like am, I, am I doing well? Am I doing really <laughs> bad? Why are they not talking about it? And then, uh, uh, of course, you have Farrell. Uh, uh, Farrell Elliott, the commissioner of the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship, um, bringing in the noise uh, on that. So I think that's very funny. Let's uh, get back to uh, the action here. We left off with Tyrod Taylor. Let's get back into the 12th round here. Matthew Stafford, who you mentioned Scott Fish taking the handcuff to Jake Rudock there at the 1201. Richard Matthews right after that. And Eli Manning, the third consecutive quarterback drafted by Izzy Alcafa. So he waits until round 10 to draft a quarterback, but then he gets Cam Newton. Derek Carr and Eli Manning, not a bad way to do it. That bat pick, the Eli Manning pick is the, is, I would call this the bat blank crazy pick, where that has caused everyone to go crazy about quarterbacks. Because once they saw him take Eli, everybody's like, all right, now no one's messing around on quarterback anymore. Because watch what happened right after the Eli pick. Yeah, there's a lot of quarterbacks that went off the board in this round. Corey Coleman followed the Eli Manning pick, and then Andy Dalton right after that as the number two quarterback drafted by Rich Rebar. Uh, Day, uh, Tavon Austin right after that to Eric Young, and then Carson Wentz, Blake Bortles, Ted Ginn, uh, Joe Flacco, Sterling Shepard, and then Carson Palmer. So now, Dave, as we look at all of these teams through 12 rounds of this draft, we are looking at, well, I should say through 13 rounds, just, just to be fair to everybody. There's only one team that has one quarterback. Everybody else has at least two. Yep. How do you um, – I, I don't know what your personal um, preference is on this. I know that you ideally in this format would like to get three starting quarterbacks – do you ever draft a backup quarterback late if you only have two quarterbacks or if you have a guy like Brady or Rodgers, are, are you drafting a backup in a 28-round best ball? I would, honestly, in a 28-round best ball, I would never not have three quarterbacks. And I, now when I say that, I would also say that the third quarterback I would have would never be a player that's like a transient guy where you just don't know if he's even going to keep the job. Like, it's not going to be a savage-type player. Uh, so I, I – I, I do tend to overdraft where I would look at like what Evan Silva did and taking Tannehill. I mean, you kind of look at it you're like, Oh man, you probably need to do that. But he kind of did. He's at the, he's at the two hole there in the 13th round. He's got Mariota, he's got cousins and that's pretty solid. But if he doesn't take Tannehill there, number one and two quarterbacks this year. Absolutely. Right? But if he doesn't take Tannehill there, what could be the guys that are left coming back? You just don't know. Cause you have so many picks that are going to go off the board. You'd be looking at absolute garbage. So I think the Tannehill pick there totally makes sense. So that's how I would kind of run my third quarterback. I always want to make sure I have a third one that's legit. When you're drafting in this format, do you prefer, based on that analysis, do you actually prefer being in the middle so you can't be caught in, you know, with your pants down in these runs <laughs> like this, or, or doesn't it matter to you? Because, like, if you're on the end, you, you, you sort of have to cover your ass a little bit. I mean, I would probably prefer a little bit more to be in the middle, but, I mean, I, anything from, like, 3 to 9 or 10 is fine. I, mean, I think when you get to the 1, 2, 11, and 12, it gets tougher. But it's just tougher. It doesn't mean you can't do it. It's just you just have to really think, especially when you get to the kickers and tight, kickers and defenses too. That's another area where you really have to. If someone starts taking kickers, you need to be paying attention if you're on the ends because if you're trying to get three, you really have to make sure you're you're lining it up correctly. I want to talk about Carson Palmer here uh, just for a second because I don't think you were on. No, you weren't on the show this past Friday, but we were talking about, or maybe we were even talking about this last night about how. The Cardinals say that uh, Palmer threw too much last year. He was overused, and, and he had like a dead arm. And I thought they said that was in the offseason he threw too much, or was that actually during the season? Oh, I, I thought it was that. That's why he 
um, slowed down during last season was because he was he, he had such a tired arm. It, it doesn't matter. The point I want to make is I, I read a, a blurb on, I believe it was Roto World today, or it might have been uh, football guys, I can't remember, about how he's going to throw more in the preseason this year because Bruce Arians said that uh, he, he d- didn't loosen up his arm enough. Bruce Arians, like, I, I don't understand. Like, somebody's not telling because you, you can't have it both ways. Somebody's not telling the truth here. What's going on with Palmer? Either they're covering something up or nobody knows what's going on, or they're just saying something for the sake of saying something. Yeah, you know, I think as, as athletes age, they, they talk about rest being superior. Right. I think that my one of my favorite writers, Jason Gay in the Wall Street Journal, he's right. a fantastic writer. He wrote about Federer, the, the tennis, tennis player. player. Sure. And he, I think he just got his seventh Grand Slam. I don't even remember what it was for. It was like one of the Open, some crap, whatever. Oh, Wimbledon just happened. Sure, that must have okay. been. I don't care. Right. But he won that because he actually, all he does is he pretty much just takes off until the next the next major, and I think he skipped the French Open this year because maybe he's not so good on clay, but he just goes to the majors, and he pretty much just takes that time off, and he goes back and rests his body, and then goes and goes to the next thing. Yeah. It's like, that's what you should be doing when you're yeah. super old like this. You yeah. need to be resting more often. Trust me, I'm old. I know what it's like. You need to rest more frequently. Yeah, okay. Well, Or from- drink more often. What, both, two things. But you heard it from the geezer himself, Dave Gerzak. <laughs> rest more. Uh, Cole Beasley is the pick uh, right after uh, Carson Palmer to lead off things in the 13th round. Ryan Tannehill, as Dave said, goes to Evan Silva as his number three quarterback. O.J. Howard and Sam Bradford are the picks after that. Uh, Dave's uh, dynasty darling, Joe Williams, going to uh, the 13.05 pick. That is Dan Thomas taking Joe Williams tonight. Alex Smith follows him. Jonathan Williams, another Jay Williams, going in this round to Eric Young, followed by Darren McFadden to Rich Rebar. Uh, should be pointed out that um, Rich does not have Elliott. Uh, the Elliott owner is uh, Chuck Root. Uh, did not get McFadden tonight, which Chuck had plenty of times to take him. I don't think he was interested. Rob Kelly right after that to uh, Drew Maselli, and then Kevin White, Antonio Gates, and TJ Yeldon uh, finishing things off in uh, round 13. The Gates pick is interesting for Brian Holgen as he uh, – Gets three tight ends now on his roster, Hunter Henry, Jason Witten, and Gates. So he pairs Henry with Gates. He will get that San Diego connection, uh, San Diego tight end production there. So that is interesting. And he, I believe, is the only team right now with three tight ends. Yes. No, he's one of two teams. So with all that early tight end uh, action, uh, we see still only two teams with uh, three tight ends, and that is Brian Holgen and then Scott Fish, who also has Travis Kelsey, Kyle Rudolph, and Cameron Great. Uh, so that is the but third. I mean, Go ahead. So the Gates pick, it's like, it's not, he doesn't really have three tight ends. He has three tight ends, but he only really spells on two teams. Oh, okay, yeah, you're counting, you're counting the Gates and, and Henry pick as yeah, so, you know, the same guy. Yeah, exactly. Complimentary. What about uh, all those Bafo AFC West shootouts where Gates and Henry are each going – Five for 108 and two touchdowns. How many of those were there last year? Nuns? I don't know. Nuns? At, at least Nuns? At least four. There, I guarantee you there was not four. <laughs> it is three and a half. Uh, so let's kick off the 14th round. Brian Hoyer is a guy, and I don't want to like sit here and, and say, hey, let's talk about Brian Hoyer for a half hour, Dave. But oh, he's, he's, now he's a talent. Now he's a guy that, that is, hasn't really been um, going very high, and I think that with Kyle Shanahan brings <laughs> really? his, you know, he hasn't been going high. Kyle Shanahan brings his offense to San Francisco. He brings in Pierre Garcon. I mean, I think that there is something there. And I, I think if you're waiting and, and you get Hoyer as your third quarterback in this format, that's that's fine. Now, who would you rather have there, Brian Hoyer or Jake Rudock? 
That's the true question. Like, he had the chance to take Rudock, and he took Hoyer. You have a good point, though. I mean, Pierre Garçon is now going in the, what, the seventh round and the seventh round. Remember, he was complete garbage last year, 12th-round pick, moves to a different team with a much worse quarterback because Cousins is this elite god of a quarterback, as you've been making yeah. about to be, with Hoyer throwing. You know, and So why is Garçon worth a seventh-round pick and Hoyer is worth you know junky 14th-round pick? Yeah, maybe their ADP should be closer, or maybe <laughs> one of them is completely wrong. They should both be in the 10th. Oh, maybe. I mean, I don't know. You could make that case. Yeah, maybe. Uh, and Brian Hoyer throwing to George Kittle, Marquise Goodwin. Well, maybe Garcon, that's it, too. There's literally no one else other than Garcon. That might be He's going to get 180 targets. Yeah. Well, Joe, Joe Williams, is he a pass catcher? I mean, you you know Joe Williams inside and out. You know, Balky, I, don't, I know you, like, I, I, I don't get down to the nuts and bolts of backup running backs who uh, got drafted. I thought he was and, a starter. And, and affecting wide receiver well, targets. He's, he's listen. Listen. I know you're really like this is the you're, guy. You're digging at advanced McDonald's, uh, you know, off-season time and how much time he's spending working out to see how many targets he might get to affect Garcon. But I don't quite go that deep. Wouldn't that be great for the NFL if they were able to, you know, a lot of these players are wearing GPS monitoring stuff to, you know, know what they should be eating, what they should be, how much they should be drinking, you know, stuff like that. How, you know, how hydrated they are. Yeah, so it would, wouldn't it be great if that data was made public? Oh, yeah. uh, can you imagine like? What, like, kind, of, kind of like a Pokemon Go. Um, not, like, not, like, not, like, not so much. Hey, Carlos hides at a strip bar right now. Yeah, I mean, not, <laughs> that would be awesome. I mean, not like necessarily we're there, but the data that is, you know, like, okay. The, one day delay. Yeah, one, like a one day delay. That's fine. <laughs> but just to like, like see what these guys are eating, see what they're drinking, what they're doing, how much they're working out. A 24 hour delay would be great because you'd be like tracking Carlos hides. He was at a strip bar 24 hours Yeah, ago. well, uh, I'm not saying necessarily like... Um, I'm thinking for entertainment purposes. Yeah, I, we don't have to monitor location, but actually like what their bodies are doing. I think that would be fascinating. Can you imagine like people like tweeting out like, holy cow, did you see what Dalvin Cook did on the bench press yesterday? You know, like stuff, it's like all public. It'd be yeah. so great. I mean, Dalvin Cook went to KFC and had a 16-piece bucket and ate it all. Yeah. I mean, that's terrible for him. What's he doing? Yeah. Well, he's young. His metabolism can probably handle it. Um, moving on to the 14th round, Brian Hoyer, Justin Tucker, the first kicker off the board to, uh, Brian Holgen tonight, followed by David and Joku, Thomas Rawls, Jesse James, uh, the tight end for the Steelers going to uh, rich rebar there. And then Jared Goff, uh, goes off the board after that. I don't know and, why I always laugh at the stupid way you pronounce Goff. Well, cause it's it's, always a, funny. it's, it reminds you of uh, Caddyshack. It does. That's, that's why I, that's, I love tonight. That's why I always do it. Uh, Marquise Lee, uh, the pick right after Jared Goff, Marquise Lee going to Howard Bender, Jamal Williams, uh, back-to-back Jay Williams for Dan Thomas as he gets Jamal Williams in the 14th round, Charles Clay, Deontay Foreman, and Darren Sproles is where we're at right now. You like Darren Sproles this year in Philadelphia, don't you? Yeah, sure. Why not? Because he's not, he's not going very high and he, uh, he's going to catch passes. He's part of a, a pretty a pretty good offense on, on the come-up, as the kids say. You know, you, you might want to look at Evan Silva's running backs and take a look at Darren Sproles and what he is. Well, now, there that might... Is, is, I, you know, Evan Silva, you have got guts, my friend. I love it. I think we know what one of the talks... RB2. I think we, Darren Sproles in the 14th is great. I think we know what one of the talking points on Friday is going to be, because <laughs> this is interesting. Evan Silva takes his number two running back in the 14th round. That is awesome. Best ball format, remember. Now you got to believe that he's going to be pounding running backs here, right? I mean, the fact that he could get Sproles after Dante, you know... Deontay Foreman. Deontay, I didn't test... I tested negative for pot, and that's a news story yesterday, Foreman. 
And then before Jack was Rogers, that's amazing. That's a great pick. I love that. I love that Sproles pick. Yeah, it is really strong. Um, to quite strong. I, uh, I, I didn't even realize, you know, it's one of those things where I was kind of paying attention. Like when we, when we were covering pick by pick right. and I'm like, Oh man, he doesn't have a second running back. He doesn't have a second running back. And then I kind of forgot about it. And then I saw the Sproles pick. I just assumed he had drafted a running <laughs> back like three more, right? that I missed. There's not. There wasn't, There's that, not that more. was his number two. So you got to love that. Jack was Rogers completing the, the uh, round. That's an interesting pick by uh, Keith Douglas there. So he gets Doug Martin in the seventh round. And then he gets Jack Quiz Rogers in the 14th. These guys are doing a pretty good job of locking up these uh, these backfields, these pockets of, of, of fantasy points. Agreed. Gates and Henry, of course, uh, as we, we touched on <laughs> still, earlier. Some of them takes a kicker instead of a third running back. I love it. That I mean, this is. I'm telling you, you know, that's it's, the one thing. It's, bana- it's bananas one at of, this point. One of my draft experts, one of the things I like to do, I do like to be kind of weak at running back. Because then you can be strong in a number of other spots. So if your RB normally your my RB three is what's kind of weak, but his RB two is weak. And obviously his, his RB three is going to be weak too. RB three, four, and five yeah. is probably going to be weak. I mean, I assume he's got some good value guys he's going to go for later. Um, but I, I actually really like that strategy because you can be really, really, really strong somewhere else. He's got Le'Veon Bell as his anchor running back. I know I'm evaluating his team a little bit, but I I I actually like doing that. Yeah, I, I want to let. I really want to evaluate it too because I I think when you look at his team as a whole, you you get it. You we know, can talk we can talk about the team and then not talk about it later. Okay, well we, that goes, okay that goes against your whole. I know it's tough. I, I you know like you're very much the guy that does like things exactly. You're, you're just violating my OCD <laughs> habits right now. But okay, let's throw caution to the wind. I'll just up my medication here and uh, put that pencil right, pen right over there. What are you doing? Ear. See now that is your, in your space. Put a pen right in front of me with the cap off. It's really annoying. Um, okay, FFPC draft experts, basketball. Yes. Tight end premium. He gets two tight ends right away in Greg Olson and Jimmy Graham. PPR format. Loads up on wide receivers. Fitz, Pryor, Macklin, Djax, John big, Brown. Big Tyler play guys. Williams. Big play guys. Big too. play guys. Le'Veon Bell. The I mean, you can make the case that Antonio Brown is what drives the offense, but the offense is really centered around Le'Veon Bell in Pittsburgh. Uh, and then he gets a pass catcher as his number two running back. He already has three. He has number one and two quarterbacks in fantasy football <laughs> yep. this year. And then he gets Ryan Tannehill. So as a whole, it works. I mean, there's I can't really poke poke a weakness other than that second running back, you know, and and, and running back depth, obviously. Well, I mean, he, the fact he he overdrafts tight end, not overdrafts, but he draft, he spends a lot of draft capital, I would say, on Olsen and Graham, and that's fine. Those guys are you know, top-tier players. He did really well, I think. He accounted well for the wide receivers by taking Fitz, Pryor, Macklin, Jackson, Brown, Williams. I mean, those five are really, really good when you put them all together. The quarterbacks ended up being fantastic. So really his only weakness is at RB2. Run, running back up. Yeah. And so if Sproles is the guy that he generally is, like 10, to 10 points a game with every once in a while, he'll get like 15, 20. He, you know, Sproles is a legitimate like RB2 type player every single year. I mean, that's just what he is. So if he stays, I mean, then he'll have some bye week issues. But if he gets any production out of any other running backs whatsoever, he is going to be a dangerous team to be feared and worried about. Um, who's the leading fantasy point getter in the Philadelphia backfield this year? Is it... I would bet Bl- that it's Sproles. Sproles, okay. That's my, again, that's my opinion. I know that, you know, Blount's there and uh, what's his name, Matthews is still kind of there or whatever. I mean, And there was a Roto World blurb tonight, Dave, about Wendell Smallwood having a significant role in that offense. Yeah, it's too. like it's so, so uncertain. I mean, the Smallwood seems like a decent value because if, if Matthews is as bad as they say, Blount is just a journeyman. You right. never know. Yeah. Uh, moving on, Dwayne Allen is uh, 
the uh, next pick, uh, the 1501, as the number three tight end for Keith Douglas there. Steven Gaskowski to Evan Silva. And again, Bears mentioning, takes this number one kicker <laughs> ahead of his number three running back. I love it. God bless the FFPC. Evan Engram and Zach Miller. Zach Miller, who may not make the team in Chicago this year. We'll have to see how that goes. He goes to Mike Beers. And Evan Ingram last night. Which, by the way, has his number three tight end, too. Yep. So. Sorry to interrupt you. That's all right. Evan Ingram goes where in the 1503. I think he went at the end of the seventh round. Yeah, it was crazy. It was really early. Yeah. I, I thought that was super early last night. I just wasn't sure. But I, I really was – I'm like, why Why is Ingram going that early? A rookie tight end is probably going to do absolutely nothing. And I own Ingram on a couple of dynasty teams. I'm not that excited about him until next year. 13-12 is where he is going in FFP. That makes a lot more sense. Right that makes now. a lot more sense. Uh, so you get him there at a value. And then the Chiefs defense right after that to Dan Thomas, followed by Vance McDonald, another tight end that could be a surprise cut this year uh, for the 49ers. Brashad Perriman, we talked about him earlier. Uh, you want to talk about locking up uh, pockets of fantasy points. That's exactly what Rich Rebar did as he gets Kenneth Dixon and Terrence West. Uh, Kenneth Dixon in the 11th, he gets Terrence West in the 15th, and then uh, a little bit of a defense run here, Dave, as as we're seeing the light blue, the baby blues fly off the board, uh, the baby blue colors, Denver Broncos, Seattle Seahawks, Houston Texans, and Minnesota Vikings to Scott Fish to finish off the 15th round. Are we going to see more uh, um, defenses in this? We, is, this a, is this the defense run here? Uh, I, I think it is. I, if I were either of the last four teams, I would definitely pop off another defense right here. I would just keep them going. Because once you do that, I mean, okay, so he's going with a, a kicker. But once you do that, it really forces everyone else to just go defense, and it just wastes that entire round, and you're fine. You have one of the better defenses, and they're taking, like, Detroit. But if you're trying to get three defenses, isn't it a little bit overrated to try to get a really, really good one to, to, to get the one of the – because I'm, I'm with you on trying to get three defenses. But I'm also of the of the belief that I'm not going to be focusing on getting one of the first defenses off the board. I'm just just give me three defenses. Well, you know, I think that there's a case to be made when you if you can take, like look at Izzy here. So you got Seattle yes. and New England. He's gonna maybe he'll take a third one, maybe not. But I mean, those two defenses are really, really, really good. He's gonna get like 12 points every week. Out of Would you game. be taking a third defense if you had those two defenses right now in round 16? If I had those two, out and I, it was coming back to me in the 17th round? No, no, no. I mean, overall, would you be gra- trying to grab another defense? I would still later? eventually grab a third okay. for sure. Right. For sure. Okay. Uh, fair enough. Um, let's talk about um, uh, who – there was a guy I wanted to talk about. Oh, Brashad Perriman. We can briefly uh, talk about him because he – Not him again. This is, uh, this is a guy that we touched on earlier. He goes in the 15th round tonight, and I do believe that this is a good value, especially in best ball. I feel like Perriman would make sense in a 20-round classic where you have to submit lineups in, like, the 13th round. You get him in the 15th in the best ball where you don't have to ever have to worry about when to start him and right. when not to. He's a guy I'm, I'm starting to believe in, especially with Macklin's ADP rising. So I just wanted to yeah, that put that sense. out there. You know, what's interesting, too, is uh, another receiver taken in the 14th round, Marquise Lee. And last night he was taken after another receiver that hasn't been taken. Right. So I know I'm going to, you know. I'm, you know who may they, or may not be his real-life teammate. Yeah, exactly. They know who he is. But, you know, that's interesting that Lee got drafted in the spot that I kind of more thought he should be getting drafted in tonight. It just, I mean, these... <laughs> I don't want to keep tooting the FFPC format's horn, but I will here because... (laughs) 
Well, hey, Bucky, are there main event openings? Yeah, or? there are, actually. And you can actually <laughs> sign up for them at myffpc.com. I hope to see you out at Planet Hollywood live in Las Vegas. It's going to be a great, great time. We're going to have the opening game viewing party out there. We're going to watch the Chiefs Patriots, which... Uh, there are discounts on room rates, and Greg Sidoris is our great VIP host. Yeah. Um, so Former that, pro baseball player, Greg Sidoris. Shut up. I didn't know that. You didn't know Greg Sidoris used, used, to, play for the, he used to play for the Pirates. I come think. on. When? And this is our casino connection guy in uh, yeah. in Vegas. You, you didn't know that? No, I didn't know this. You're so funny. I never would have left his side. I would have been picking his brain. When did he play for him? I, I don't know. When, uh, My God, yeah. this is insane to me. <laughs> All right, anyway. You're hilarious. Right, I, I need you're such a, such a... Well, how the hell did nobody tell me this? We were hanging out with a former pro baseball player in Vegas. Who cares? We don't me! Care. I care. I care. Star blanker. Listen, I don't you know me. When I, I don't I don't judge people based on how they act or, or what they do. It's what they've done. Their accomplishments. I don't really care about kindness and anything like that. It's just wow, you're a former pro baseball player? I will have to look and see. I'm right. pretty sure he fit for the pirate. Alright, well whatever. Let's let's move on. Do they have here. a big pro baseball reference here or anything? Yeah, baseball reference. Baseballreference dot com. <laughs> Go Let's go on in the uh, 16th round. Matt Bryant is. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna, I just found Greg on, on LinkedIn. I'm gonna connect, connect with him. Right with him. See if it's so on there. Is his, does he have his? Uh, I'm gonna look. I'm gonna look while we're on the show. His, uh, okay. Oh, Clayton Gray. Hey, thanks for having a connection. Sure. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> Matt Bryant was the first selection of the 16th round. Tyler Lockett uh, goes right after him to uh, Brian Holgen. And then you have uh, three more defenses, Dave. Here they come. Patriots defense, Cardinals defense, Panthers defense right after that. Uh, Chris Hogan, the uh, Patriots receiver to uh, Eric Young here in the 16th, followed by Tom Savage, who is the number three quarterback to uh, Howard Bender. So Howard Bender waited on quarterback, waited and waited and waited. He was the last one to take his first one, uh, which he did in round 12 with Carson Wentz. He ends up with Carson Wentz, Alex Smith and Tom Savage, not a bad lineup uh, for quarterback play. And I'm of the, uh, of the same belief here. If I'm trying to get three quarterbacks, I'm less focused on getting an elite one. Uh, I, just as long as I have three, they're somewhat stable. I mean, you can make the case that Tom Savage's job is not very stable. Actually, you can kind of make the case that Alex Smith's job might not be very stable if they give the job to Mahomes if they drop out of playoff contention in uh, late November, early December. So there is that there as well. Will Lutz, Adam Vinatieri, Dan Bailey, uh, three straight kickers, and then the Steelers defense, and Robert Woods. Man, you know, we talk about him a lot. I really like this pick. Another great pick by Keith Douglas here to get Robert Woods at the 16-12 tonight, Dave, a guy who is the de facto number one receiver there. You know, it's not a bad pick. I like Robert Woods there as well, actually, Bucky. I can't even argue with that. Although the problem with Robert Woods is he's never, coming out of USC, he's never really done it. He's never been that great. He's never had a 1,000-yard season, has he? I mean, I don't think he has. He's always just been this guy who gets his, you know, certain number of targets and then never puts up. When is he, when is he, when, if you need a 7 for 140 and a touchdown a week, are you going to get it out of Robert Woods? No. You're going to get like a three for 40 and maybe a touchdown if you want. Yeah, but I mean, okay. So maybe this format doesn't really play to his skill set because he is more of like a, a Frank Gorish, Steady Eddie type guy uh, rather than the explosive type, you know, Brashad Perriman or uh, Devery Henderson. They keep bringing that guy's name up over and over we're, again. We're so Greg Sidoris, I can't find his info. Maybe he locked it down. So let's talk. Let, let's not embarrass him. Well, let's ask Alex and we'll find out, but I'm pretty sure he, I thought he played for the pirates for some, like, like in the maid, did he make the majors or is he just I think in there? So. I don't think he was you know, like, you know, I don't think he was career like, minor leaguer. Yeah. I think he was bull Durham or whatever. Crash Davis or anything. Crash Davis. 
It was he, who, by but, the way, was a record holder for most home runs in the minors after he knocked that one out for the Durham Bulls. Was he uh, more Crash Davis or more Nuke Lelouch for his <laughs> career? You know, I don't think he had a million-dollar arm and a 10-cent head like Nuke. He definitely doesn't have a 10-cent head, I can tell you that. Um, yeah, very lovely uh, wife, girlfriend. He, uh, Greg's great. Greg's so fun to deal with. Yeah, he's great. Mohamed Sanu is the uh, 1701 uh, pick tonight, Dave, and followed by the Jaguars defense. J.J. Nelson uh, is the pick after that. J.J. Nelson, a guy that uh, uh, Danny Mueller, uh, noted FFPC DE player, uh, was all over last year late in drafts, and it actually worked out for him for last two or year. three weeks. Yeah, uh, I don't know if he's been drafting him this year. Or maybe I do, and I don't want to say. Uh, <laughs> Caleb Sturgis, Eric oh, Eric Swope. Nice pick, Swope. Your pick. boy, Eric Swope, from, from last He's night. The, uh, the guy, there's a, a better tight end that's still out there on the board, so <laughs> congratulations to whoever gets him. Tim Hightower is the pick after Swope, followed by the Eagles defense. And I, I see LAC, and I want to say Clippers, like the fantasy basketball yeah, the Clips. Uh, in me. Yeah, so the Clippers. At least got Blake Griffin here. Yeah, the Clippers defense. Boy, how are they going to be after they lost strong safety Chris Paul to the Rockets? That's going to be a tough, <laughs> be a tough blow, yeah. Zay Jones right after that. Austin Safarian Jenkins is the uh, tight end uh, going as the number three tight end. Uh, to Team 10, which is Izzy Alcathas, Taylor Gabriel, and Mason Crosby uh, to finish round 17. Taylor Gabriel, Dave. 17 rounds in 90 minutes. So impressive. Yeah, these guys know they know what's up, as it were. Taylor Gabriel, this was in the blurb, uh, another blurb. This is the blurb episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football. This be part of the drinking game. About how Marquise Goodwin could, could have like a, a uh, significant role as the, the speed merchant in San Francisco. I just I radio rolled my eyes there. Yeah. But this is a guy, he, his skill set is similar to Taylor Gabriel's. And Gabriel is a guy that not only had a pretty good season last year for Atlanta with Kyle Shanahan, who's now in San Francisco, Taylor Gabriel is a guy, and I can't remember if I brought this up on the show last night. Football. Plays football. Knows how to play football. Knows how to play um, Gabriel's been rising up draft boards. Yes, he's a good football player. He's Marquise Goodwin is a good sprinter. Okay. So you are not buying the whole Goodwin could be the Niners version of Gabriel. I don't think so. Goodwin sucks. <laughs> I mean, he, he's never done anything in the NFL. What, is he going to all of a sudden get good? Well, you're also talking about you hardly have to invest anything into him, too. There's a lot of the guys that are going to be picked now as we move forward in the second half of this draft that have never done anything in, in the league. That, that, uh, He's ready for a takeoff season, according to Jeremy Curley. Yeah, there you go. And Jeremy Curley, his teammate, he knows what's going on. Three weeks ago, Marquis Goodwin was vacationing in Egypt with noted socialist Colin Kaepernick. <laughs> God. <laughs> I'm sorry I brought up Goodwin. Look, Giants defense first off the board the in the 18th round. Kaepernick. And they're going, they came back and I landed just, in Cuba. That's fine. I just don't want to, like, it has nothing to do with, with, with high-stakes fantasy football, so I really don't care. Uh, that said, do you think Colin Kaepernick is drafted tonight, Dave? He should be, whatever. Because that care. is interesting. He's the boss. Yeah. <laughs> Giants defense at the 1801. Kenny Stills at the 1802 tonight. Uh, Sebastian Janikowski right after that. And then Giovanni Bernard falling all the way down. To the 18th round. Do you like him there? In the 18th round, I, I guess. I mean, he, he, I assume he's popped. You, you know, I mean, you're not. Be, gonna... He could be the number three. Run, he could have been the number three running back for Evan Silva. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. He could have been. Wow, that's insane. This YouTube got a little blurry here. Right, uh, it, it's it's going in and out. All right, sir. Um, uh, he takes two defenses. 
before taking his third running <laughs> That's back. That's all right. You know what? Uh, just, I, I want to just keep saying this over and over again because it's just so, it's so fantastic. He's trying to prove a point. Will Fuller after that, followed by a, a, a flurry of defenses here, Buccaneers, Dolphins, Curtis Samuel, followed by the, uh, the, the Rams, right? God, it's tripping me up again. I complained about this last night. I'm staring at L.A. I'm like, who the hell is that? Last night the Rams were drafted first. Yeah, I know. Uh, The Rams and then um, uh, the Falcons defense right after this. I think after the 18th round, can you switch your um, uh, readout to not have the YouTube and and get the full draft board, and we'll, we'll do some team analysis here? Oh, yeah. We're coming up on that time. We have about 25 minutes to go, and... No problem. I don't want to rush through it like we rushed through it last night. Uh, DeAndre Washington, the penultimate pick of the uh, 18th round. Were you in? Were you in the chat room when when Kern, uh, FFPC player Kern Reeve posted what the third to last one? Yeah, the third and fourth. Okay. I actually taught my kids that. Oh, that's yeah. That's the, what I it taught was, them. Yeah. It's the it's, what is it? So it's the. I don't know. It's the penultimate, and then it's the quadrupenultimate. No, it's the or, antepenultimate. Okay. And then there, there was something else. You know what? When is, isn't, Ella, Ella would remember. Isn't Ella the, would remember. Ella's smart. I don't. I'm not smart anymore. Isn't the antepenultimate the ultimate? No, it's, the ultimate is the last one. I know. Penultimate is second last. Antepenultimate is the I think third last, and then there's something else that's like the fourth last. It's the blah, 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 penultimate. I think something you, else. I think you nailed it. No, I didn't. So let's talk about some uh, some team analysis and, and go on and, and see how these Joes and pros built their teams. Once again, first place will get a 2018 FFPC main event team that's valued at a $1,750 value, and this is something we talked about last night. There is nothing for second place. You do want to kind of shoot for the moon and make sure that you are getting uh, you know your highest upside, uh, oh. go for broke, play for first, not for third, whatever. Uh, and I think you're, you're seeing a lot of teams do that tonight. So let's uh, kick. Fourth last is pre-anti-penultimate. Pre-anti-penultimate. Okay. So what, what was third last? Anti-penultimate. Anti-penultimate. <laughs> so ridiculous. You know what was ridiculous is that, that he knew it. Just He just knew it off the top of his head. He's, he's a smart guy. A, professor a, at Cornell. Yeah. <laughs> saying he's a smart guy is like saying that Shaq is tall. <laughs> I mean, it's like, yeah, he's right. a brilliant professor. Yes. So let's talk about uh, how these guys built their teams. Keith Douglas kicking things off from the one spot tonight. Uh, running backs, thank you so much. Running backs, David Johnson, Dalvin Cook, Doug Martin, LeGarrette Blount, Jack Quiz Rogers. Receivers, Des Bryant, Amari Cooper, Julian Edelman, Randall Cobb. Tight ends, Martellus Bennett, Jared Cook, Dwayne Allen. Quarterbacks, James Winston, Carson Palmer. I'm going to tell you why I like this team, Dave, not just because I got, oh, got Robert Woods late. I feel like if I was in this format, this is what one of my teams would end up looking like. I feel like this is a very bulky-ish team. It is, because you get the running back early. Yep. And then you kind of punt on it a little bit for a while. Get the receivers. I thought Cook was a really nice pick in the fifth round there. I thought I, I, You are just all over Cook. I do like, you know, I, I know I, I hated on him after his bad performance in the combat, but I've really come around. Yeah. Uh, and Doug Martin, I thought was solid. Actually, I like this team. I think it worked out pretty well. My concern, of course, is with Bennett getting enough targets. I don't think Jared Cook's all that great, and Dwayne Allen also is not all that awesome. But I think he could be okay. I think it's going to be tough for him to compete for the overall, but I yeah. think he might be all right in this league. He might do okay here. Are we doing anything with the overall? We always talk about something doing something. Is. I mean, I, I, I don't know. Okay. I mean, there's some sort of recognition. <laughs> Well, you just get a blurb in the FFPC email letter. Yeah, you know, like, you. okay, remember in the social network when, uh, you know, Mark Zuckerberg's like, I do believe I deserve some recognition. And they're like, 
Uh, yes, for what? And he says, you know, for crashing the Harvard system. And they're like, excuse me, but you didn't crash the system. We knew about it right away. He's like, well, you were on about it sooner. I just looked at my window. <laughs> That's great. Um, we, are we going to skip that? I do believe I had to share some recognition. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Skip Evan Silva, Silva's yeah. team because we talked about it already. I, I like his team quite a bit. That, and uh, even with, I mean, obviously his running backs are weak. Yeah. yeah. Who Who is his number third? DeAndre Washington. DeAndre Washington and then Shane he got Shane Vereen. That, I mean, that's fine. I mean, when you're waiting that long and getting guys like that, Washington could be the starter by, like, week three. It's, I mean, anything's possible. I mean, if, that, if those things happen, watch out. Shane Vereen could be the starter, by the way. Nobody's talking about that. No, I know. So, interesting. Uh, team three. Naked time. Let's have some naked time, Dave, with uh, Chuck Root. <laughs> naked time with Chuck Root. Running backs, Ezekiel Elliott, Jordan Howard. Paul Perkins, Latavius Murray, Deontay Foreman. Receivers, Doug Baldwin, Golden Tate, Stephon Diggs, Corey Davis, Josh Doxson. Tight ends, Jack Doyle, O.J. Howard, Evan Ingram. Quarterbacks, Andrew Luck, Joe Flacco. A lot of youth on this team. I'm just looking at the – I mean, you're, you're, you have Elliott and Howard who are in their second year. You have uh, Paul Perkins in his second year. Davis is a rookie. Doxon is in his second year, but really is rookie season. O.J. Howard's a rookie. Evan Ingram's a rookie. Deontay Foreman's a rookie. Maybe this is a case of, of going with the unknown guys to try to win this, this whole thing by catching lightning in a bottle, not once, not twice, but several times. Yeah, I think this is the type of team that like a dynasty owner would generally take because he knows all these. Does young Chuck Root play dynasty? I don't think he. I don't know if he does. I don't think he does. But maybe know, he should have got it out of his system before his pros versus Joe. Exactly. You know, Jeff Turbasi once told me he's a high stakes player who plays dynasty as well. He always says, you know, the toughest thing about starting to play dynasty is once you play dynasty and you're drafting all these rookies, it's really tough to switch into redraft. Yeah. Game. So I just feel like that's kind of where Chuck's at here with this team, but. Uh, you know, I, my problem is with O.J. Howard and Ingram as your second and third tight ends when you already have a kind of a garbagey Jack Doyle as your number one tight end. I thought Luck was a nice value. I do. Th- I think he might have a little bit of a struggle at tight end. I thought Perkins was a nice pick too, but I, I'm not really sure about the tight end overall here. Yeah, and if you're like Chuck Root and you really feel yourself drafting dynasty teams rather than uh, redraft teams in redraft formats, we have dynasty leagues starting up all summer long at the FFPC. Check it out, myffpc.com. The leagues start at $77. They go up from there. More than 140 leagues, not one of them is ever folded. So you can definitely get in on the dynasty fun still this summer at myffpc.com. I'm enjoying your marketing. I knew it wouldn't. You know, can, I'm enjoying if, how annoying If it the is. prognosticator is here, he'd be like, why, why are we doing more of this? Like, we, we should be talking more about, you know, like, Balky gets it. He's, he's doing it right. You know, you're just sitting there, you know, you go right making it. fun of him or whatever. He's, he's got it. He's doing it. Mike Beers from Rotoviz is uh, Team 4 tonight. He gets DeMarco Murray, Todd Gurley. Mark Ingram, Matt Forte, Jonathan Stewart at running back. Receivers are Antonio Brown, Alshon Jeffrey, Tyreek Hill, Kenny Britt, Ted Ginn. Uh, tight ends, Kobe Fleener, Charles Clay, Zach Miller. So you look at this team, Dave, and I think you and I are both going to have good things to say about it because he's got guys like Tyreek Hill, and he has guys like Kenny Britt for me and Kobe Fleener, for God's sake. Um, so you look at the squad – and he waited on tight end. To get Kobe Fleener as your number one, uh, I'm, I'm not crazy about that. He does get Clay late, which I like. Uh, I'm, I'm worried about Zach Miller. Uh, so I can get on board with the backs and receivers and quarterbacks on this team, no question. Which, by the way, Drew Brees and Sam Bradford are the quarterbacks, in case I didn't mention them. Again, the tight ends are, are going to be crucial to this team's success. You know, it's funny. Mike Beers actually almost did the opposite of Team 3, where he just took a ton of proven veteran-type players. Now, granted, Tyree Kill's a young, young fella. 
But, you know, you got Forte and Stewart. Those guys have played in the NFL for a long time. You know what? Every once in a while, they put up good games. They produce. Who knows? Maybe Forte actually does put up a better season than Bill Powell. Maybe Stewart does hold off McCaffrey. Yeah. And Ted, I like the and, Stewart pick. And Ted quite Ginn a bit. and Kenny Britt, they've been, you know, hanging around the league for long enough. They put up good games. It does happen. Charles Clay even. So I actually like this team as kind of a little bit of a sleeper team. Yeah. Ginn is great for this format and the fact that he's in New Orleans now. And um, Jonathan Stewart, I think, like, even, even from a classic, like, a 20-round perspective, right. I think he'll be fine uh, for his price tag. Uh, Dan Thomas, the Hammerheads here at drafting out of the five spot. Uh, the running backs are Isaiah Crowell, Spencer Ware, Amir Abdullah, Kareem Hunt, Joe Williams, Jamal Williams, receivers Julio Jones, T.Y. Hilton, Cam Meredith, Quincy and Nunwa, and the tight and Curtis Samuel. Tight ends are Tyler Eifert, C.J. Fedorowicz, and Eric Swope. This is an interesting team because it's a good mix of guys I really like and guys I really hate. So it's <laughs> it's it's tough for me to to handicap. Uh, I'm somewhat concerned with the running backs, although I think he's going to be fine there. Uh, I think that there's some pretty good depth there. I would have liked to see a fifth receiver um, above Curtis Samuel, but I think his top four are definitely solid. He does get Brady uh, early, which helps. Um, Bortles as his backup is, you know, whatever. I mean, I don't know if he's going to hang on to the job or not. And then Eifert, you and I... Who's going to take the job from Bortles? Somebody else. I mean, it's just so bad. Um <laughs> Eifert, uh, I like Fedorowicz. I'm not a huge fan of, and I know you like Swope, so I'll let you uh, talk about Dan Thomas' team here. I don't really like Swope all that much, but I like him as a late sleeper. I like Dan's team, actually. There's a lot of players, actually, that I like on his team. I like Anunua. I like Meredith, T.Y. Hilton, Julio. Uh, Spencer Ware with Kareem Hunt is nice. So you have Crowell, Abdullah. Abdullah really needs to come through for him. I think think he will. I think he will, actually, too. Eifert needs to stay healthy. If he does, I mean, he's in really good shape. I like this team overall. Pretty good balance, actually, too. Seeing um, and Joe Williams is a nice, you know, Joe Williams is like a kind of a freebie sleeper type guy that uh, our buddy over there, Joe, uh, Josh Drew Maselli, you guys should have taken Joe Williams. You, you kind of bossed it. Well, but, hey, listen, they're you the insiders. Take him to the 12th round. <laughs> they're the insiders, man. They know better than us. Oh, I like Corey Coleman as well by uh, Maselli. Howard Bender from FantasyAlarm.com, LaShawn McCoy, Leonard Fournette, Marshawn Lynch, Jeremy Hill, Tim Hightower, receivers, Keenan Allen, Martavis Bryant, Devontae Parker, Kelvin Benjamin, Adam Thielen, Marvin Jones, Marquise Lee, tight ends, Austin Hooper, Vance McDonald, quarterbacks, Carson Wentz, Alex Smith, Tom Savage. So Howard went heavy with the running back and receiver stack. He took a lot of, you know, I think polarizing is pretty pretty accurate description of a lot of these players. Leonard Fournette, a rookie in the mid-second round. Keenan Allen coming off another significant injury. Marshawn Lynch coming off a year where he didn't play football. Same thing with Martavis Bryant. Devontae Parker, can he do it, can he not? Kelvin Benjamin, another guy that either you love him or you hate him. Most people hate him. Uh, Adam Thielen is another. I mean, Thielen is, is a good value in the eighth round there. And then, you know, you, we know your thoughts on, on Marvin Jones. So there's a lot of potential on this team. Marquise Lee's not bad either. I, and Marquise Lee is a good pick there. There's a lot of potential on this team. I do see some, some pretty significant possible pitfalls, though. Yeah, you know, I, I kind of like the team construction, the way that he went running back early, mid-rounds with the wide receivers, waited on tight end, and then waited a super long time on quarterback. I think he's actually going to be okay at quarterback. Not so sure about tight end. I think he might have problems there. Yep, I w- I'm with you on both those. Uh, running back, I think he'll be good. Even, I, I don't like the Lynch pick. Sorry, I just don't like Lynch. And I, there's a number of the wide receivers I'm just not big fans of. But if you throw enough of them against the wall, some of them I'm going to be wrong on, and a number of them I'll probably be wrong on for sure. 
Eric Young and FFPC Joe drafting from the seven spot tonight takes C.J. Anderson, Duke Johnson, Samaji Pirine, Alvin Kamara, Jonathan Williams at running back. The receivers, Odell Beckham, Jordy Nelson, Demarius Thomas, Jamison Crowder, Tavon Austin, Brashad Perriman, Chris Hogan, tight ends, Delaney Walker, Julius Thomas, and the uh, quarterbacks are Russell Wilson and Jared Goff. A little bit weak at, at quarterback. I'm, I'm not a fan of the tight end depth. Uh, here and this is kind of like an upside down type team where he ended up uh, hitting the receivers pretty hard early and uh, then picked up some running backs in the mid rounds and I think the running backs actually he might be all right there you only have to start two of them a week and, and there's some potential there between you know Kamara, P. Ryan, Duke Johnson, C.J. Anderson uh, and the receivers are obviously very 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 good. I'm concerned about running back. I'm actually concerned about quarterback. Yeah, I mean, I think that he kind of made a little bit of a strategic mistake by not taking a quarterback in round, you know, 12 and 13. Just because there's a run going on, you don't have to be, you know, obtuse and just totally ignore quarterback. I think he should have taken one there. And then you end up with Jared Goff, a guy who could barely throw it for a couple hundred yards. So if Wilson gets hurt, your team is your team is over with. Yeah. It's done, you know, done for. And uh, I think running back, that, like I said, I think C.J. Anderson is your number one, and without having a whole lot behind that, it can be problematic. Do you remember last year when it was right, right around this time we were talking about how Russell Wilson had bulked up, like added muscle to his frame? and yeah, then fat. And then he like, yeah, fat or got, got, married, got, fat. got hurt. Last season he was playing hurt with that lower leg injury, and now we hear the news that he's, he's cut down to 10% body he's fat. He's fighting with his wife. Well, we don't need to... <laughs> That's Don't air your dirty laundry on this show today. <laughs> My wife and I get along fantastically. Um, famously, I would say. Yeah, Rich Rebar from Roto World had the eighth pick tonight, and he goes Mike Gillisley, Eddie Lacy, Frank Gore, Kenneth Dixon, Darren McFadden, Terrence West at running back. Starts off with five straight receivers, A.J. Green, Michael Thomas, Sammy Watkins, Allen Robinson, Devontae Adams. Doesn't take another one until Will Fuller in the 18th. And then you have uh, tight ends uh, Eric Ebron and Jesse James as uh, the tight ends there. Uh, you look at this squad, Dave, and it was another, again, upside-down team where the receivers go first. He filled in the cracks at the running backs. Uh, I'm worried about the tight end depth once again. I feel like this is a recurring theme on this show, but I, I feel like uh, the running backs he did a pretty good job on, and the receivers are obviously dominant. I mean, with Devontae Adams as your WR5, I mean, I actually think that that's so good, it's kind of bad, like, that you really kind of... Hurts your other aspects. Yeah, you kind of over-sacrificed in other spots where you didn't really need to be that unbalanced. I mean, it was great to take Adams and get him as your number five, but then you end up punting wide receiver the whole rest of the way, so now you still, there's a possibility that during bye weeks, maybe a couple of them have bye weeks and you're not doing all that great. Uh, I would have gone, probably gone a few different directions, but I mean, nevertheless, A.J. Green, Thomas, Watkins, Robinson, Adams, that's so solid. That might carry you for a ways. Once again, after Ebron, though, you're in, you're in deep trouble. Yeah, it's not a great situation. But, um, you know, the, again, with those, with those receivers all being the focal points of their passing games, uh, he could uh, – I think he did well to get Gore there, too. And Gore and yeah. Lacey, I mean, there's just steady eddies. If those guys pan out, he's in good shape. Pun intended, steady eddie. They are steady eddies. And steady Frankie. Uh, uh, <laughs> Drew Maselli picking up the nine spot tonight gets uh, Ty Montgomery, Carlos Hyde, Theo Riddick, James White, Rob Kelly, Thomas Rawls, Giovanni Bernard. Uh, receivers are Jarvis Landry, Michael Crabtree, Brandon Marshall, Corey Coleman, Zay Jones. Tight ends, Rob Gronkowski, Jordan Reed. Quarterbacks, Matt Ryan, Dak Prescott. Um, this team... <laughs> you have nothing I, to say I, about I'm just, I'm just, I it's, had, very, it's very tough to evaluate a team like this. 
because of Gronk and Reed, it's just yeah. tough to put them as number one and two because you just can't – it's tough to say, oh, this team's going to score a lot or not because now one of the flex positions is automatically taken by Reed. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like the pass catchers in, in Riddick and White when you don't take a, a second running back until round seven and, and Carlos Hyde. You still get Riddick. You still get White. That makes sense. Uh, you get guys who could be the starters on their teams fairly late, Rob Kelly and, and Thomas Rawls. Uh, and then, you know, Giovanni Bernard, whatever he provides when he is able to come back. You know, on the receivers, I mean, I, I'm not a huge Corey Coleman fan, but for, you know, having him as your number four uh, with Marshall, Crabtree, and Landry, uh, probably banking you some pretty good points week in and week out there. It makes sense. I, I don't dislike this team. I'm, not, I'm definitely not in love with it, but it's, it, it's again, you, you're right. It's tough to evaluate with that Gronk and Reed pick uh, one and two. You know, when I look at his running backs, you know, combine, they actually are pretty decent because when you take Montgomery, there's uncertainty there. Hyde, uncertainty there. White, you're not really sure. Kelly, you're not really sure. There's still just so much uncertainty, but you, you, there's so many of them that I feel like that they're going to pan out. And Ryan and Prescott are fine. Tight ends are fantastic. And Landry, Crabtree, and Marshall are all, like, just steady, great football players. Right. I actually, I do like this team. I think it's. I think this team will surprise surprise people. It's growing on me. Scores. It's growing on me. Perhaps it's your... Uh, your your dinner partner love uh, that uh, has is it the wine talking? Yeah, it's the wine talking <laughs> about uh, about Drew Maselli's team. But I am starting to like it more that I I look at it. It's it's, it's very unconventional. It's tough to look at. Um, it's just it is. It's tough to look at and be like, oh, this is great. Right. Izzy Alcafis from DynastyTradeCalculator.com. He uh, goes with Devontae Freeman, Christian McCaffrey, Tevin Coleman, Adrian Peterson, Derek Henry at running back. Receivers are DeAndre Hopkins, Brandon Cooks, Jordan Matthews, Kevin White. Uh, tight ends are Zach Ertz, David Njoku, and Austin Safarian Jenkins. And the quarterbacks, Cam Newton, Derek Carr, Eli Manning. Love the quarterbacks here, Dave. It makes a lot of sense. And, and for the fact that he takes Ertz early and then waits and still gets Njoku and Safarian Jenkins, there's a lot of upside there in grabbing both those guys. So I like that. Running backs, I'm a big fan of. I, I think that there's some really good depth here. These are guys that are going to catch passes, and, and they make a lot of sense. Uh, and then uh, the receivers, I think, is the question mark for me. Having Kevin White as your number four, Jordan Matthews as your number three. I think if I would have liked Izzy's team more had he gotten rid of because out of what did he have? The first eight rounds, he took one, two, three, four, five running backs. I think if he had taken three running backs and five receivers, it would have been or yeah, and four receivers even it would have been much better outcome. I, I just would have liked it a lot more. Mm-hmm. He got rid of Coleman and taken like Sanders or Snead. Got rid of AP, because granted, I don't like AP, and taking Garcon. Now you have like Freeman, McCaffrey, and Henry. That's pretty solid with them, with those other yeah. receivers. I think that would have been a team I would have looked at like, wow, I really like this team a lot. I think he's a little bit overstacked on running backs, and a couple of them I don't like. That's not It's my fault I don't like those guys. Yeah. Uh, you know, he could be okay. I like Henry. I think that's a solid pick there in the A. FFPC format, remember, two running backs start as well as two flexes. So he could or, you know, conceivably be starting – Four Absolutely. running backs yep. uh, every week on this team, and that, that that strategy could pay off. Dude Platinum, that's Brian Holgen, and uh, he was drafting from the 11 spot tonight. He goes with uh, Melvin Gordon, Lamar Miller, Bilal Powell, C.J. Proceis at running back. Receiver Mike Evans, Emmanuel Sanders, Pierre Garçon, Richard Matthews, Tyler Lockett, Taylor Gabriel, uh, tight ends Hunter Henry, Jason Witten, Antonio Gates. Uh, who are that's apparently only two tight ends in the Gerzak analysis. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers, and Philip Rivers are the quarterbacks. Uh, I'm fine with the quarterbacks; they make a lot of sense. I'm fine with the tight ends. I think he did a good job there. 
Um, the you know you and I are not big Lamar, <clears throat> excuse me, Lamar and Miller guys, but we are big Bilal Powell guys. C.J. Procise makes some sense there, and I think he did a good job with the with the receivers and getting Garcon and Sanders uh, as his uh, two and three. So I you know I, I can get on board with this team. Not my favorite, but uh, definitely one that uh, should compete. I, I look at the. Honestly, I look at the quarterback and tight ends, and I don't see three quarterbacks. I don't three see, see three tight ends, so I, I have a little bit of a problem with that. I know that <laughs> Henry and Gates technically equal two, but uh, you know, and Rogers is a fantastic starting quarterback, but I think you need a third, and I just I, I think that's problematic. I think Mark Moyer has proved that in the past. I mean, he's the guy who's really pioneered that. Uh, Evans is great. Gordon Miller, Powell, Procise, those running backs are fine. Receivers are a little bit weak, even with the other stuff going on there. I'm not sure. Yeah, I feel like people are overdrafting like a guy like ProSize. You should have maybe gotten somebody else there instead. Uh, Scott Fish from uh, Fanball, this is interesting because he had to pinch hit sort of quasi last minute for, for Tim McCullough, so he was not prepared for this. Um, but, you know, Scott Fish, he's probably prepared for anything, anytime. And he came in to draft Jay Ajay from the 12 spot. Jay Ajayi, uh, Joe Mixon, Danny Woodhead, TJ Yeldon. The receivers are Willie Sneed, Dante Moncrief, Eric Decker, Mike Wallace, tight ends, Travis Kelsey, Kyle Rudolph, Cameron Brait, and the quarterbacks, Tyrod Taylor, Matthew Stafford, Brian Hoyer, and what we think is going to be Jake Rudock in the 28th round. Uh, we, <laughs> could, we could just go ahead and put that on the board right now. So I like the, the quarterbacks. I'm going to love them even more when Rudock joins the squad. I love the tight ends, obviously. Good job there. Uh, the receivers, I think, for waiting until round five, uh, he did all right. Snead is my number one. That actually could work out. I'm just, I'd just be a little skittish having that right now. But I like Eric Decker. I like Mike Wallace there. And then uh, the, the question mark I have is running back uh, with the Jai Mixon, Woodhead, and Yeldon as his top four. I'm not as worried about running back as I am uh, wide receiver. I just think that you know, I don't, I'm not a big believer in Moncrief. Snead as your number one is problematic. Uh, Decker and Wallace in his three and four, it's okay, but it's just nothing to get super excited about. I, I think that taking Rudolph at the 312, I think that was a little bit of an overdraft on a tight end. I know that Rudolph had a fine season, but, I mean, really, Rudolph has been a complete bust until last year. So now you're counting on him and Bradford to hook up again this year, and I think that's a tad bit early there for him. There were 30 receivers taken in this draft before Scott Fish took his first one, 31st wow. receiver off the board, Willie Sneed. So that is interesting. So between uh, that and Evan Silva's uh, rabbit out of a hat that he's been pulling here out of the, the, the two spot tonight with not taking his second running back until round tough, 14. Tough to handicap a winner here. I Henry Muda was telling me the other day that he went in a football guy's draft. He didn't take a, his first running back until round 10. I thought that was insane. But then to take your, not take your second running back until round 14, that's almost equally as, as uh, well, first, unheard of. He didn't take his first until round 10. Yeah, I didn't tell you this. But that's, okay, that's more crazy than what Silva's doing. Okay, well, fair enough. He still took Bell. Who's your what do you what give me your top three teams? I don't know, man. Uh, I Valky, <laughs> I know you don't like to do that. Yeah, I don't. Um now I gotta find a way to weave all twelve of these teams <laughs> into a twelve way tie. Personally I like the teams that start with an odd number and then also the even numbers yeah, are pretty good yeah. too. I I'll tell you this. I think that if you look at the Joes in this draft with uh with with Keith Douglas and, and Chuck Root and uh Brian Holgen, Eric Young Dan Thomas and uh, Drew Maselli. I think if you look at what they did, their strategy really paid off quite a bit for all six of those. So I really like those six teams, and I, it's tough for me to pick a front runner. But 
Then you look at the pros, and you look at what Alvin, Evan Silva did, building up all that capital with the receivers, uh, you know, in from from rounds four to nine, building all that up. You look at what Mike Beers did, getting guys like Tyreek Hill, Kenny Britt, Jonathan Stewart. I mean, two guys that I really like, and Britt and Stewart there. Those were great picks that, that really helped uh, fortify his squad. <laughs> Howard Bender was fantastic, getting Martavis Bryant, a guy that I really liked this year, and LaShawn McCoy, one of my favorite first-round running backs. So he was great. Uh, Rich Rebar was also fantastic, getting the maybe the best receiving core in this entire league. And then Izzy Elkafis, despite calling in and saying, like, oh, yeah, I missed on that Hopkins pick. I was going to take him anyway. And he still recovered enough to get guys like McCaffrey, Coleman, who, uh, who could have uh, really dominant teams. The one team that I think it sucks is uh, Scott Fish. Otherwise, uh, <laughs> Fish, no, you got nothing, dog, nothing good to say about that. No, I'm just I kidding. You know whose you know team I like the best? Scott Fish. Yeah, yeah, actually, uh, <laughs> see, we even out. That, that's how it works. They're all very good. Ladies good and gentlemen, job, guys, good job. yeah, that is going to do it for our show tonight. I want to thank Izzy Elkafis and Drew Maselli for uh, giving us a buzz tonight. Really appreciate that. I want to thank uh, the FFPC, Darren Armani, our producer and mutual friend, Rob, our audio engineer, Bryce. Most of all, all of our listeners who tuned in for this. Uh, as a reminder, tomorrow we will be back on the air an hour later. It is at 10, 9 central tomorrow. Uh, we will have pros versus Joe's number three. That is the uh, no more half measures draft. I will have the, the pros we made up of Pat Thorman from Pro Football Focus, JJ Zacharyson from Number Fire, Josh Moore from 4 for 4, Roto Wires Chris Liss, Roto Grinders Josh Hornsby, you know him as Fantasy ADHD on Twitter, uh, Jason Moore from the Fantasy Footballers as well. The Joes we made up with uh, Barry Griffiths. Uh, Dan Williamson, overhyped sleeper on Twitter. Uh, Trevor Ross, Ryan Santos, who is at FF Links on Twitter. John Rozek, who we've had on the show before. And then, of course, the guy I'm going to screw up his name over and over again, Sean Zidrakowski, uh, will be drafting. Sean Z, well. dude. You uh, can check out all these draft boards at FF, myffpc.com, the boards there, uh, the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, and the FFPC social media accounts as well. Uh, those will be uploaded tomorrow. I want to wish a happy birthday to Jason Goldman, one half of the day drinkers. Probably did a little bit of day drinking on a Monday today. Uh, it is his birthday, so happy birthday to Jason. Remember to make your Planet Hollywood reservation now. Sign up for the main event. You only have a few hours left, so make sure you get that free draft spot. Uh, Satellite, press balls, This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com that was broadcast live and heard around the world. Eric and Dave will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from a guest much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week. Tim again, the sound that engine in is like a bird. You see fireworks and Corvette tire skirt, the boulevard. I know how you work, I know just who you are. See, use a, use a, use a bitch, you almost probably switch inside your DNA. What do you, you have a problem with Kendrick Lamar? No, actually, I like him. Well, what, you know, this has been our outro for quite a while, and now you... Yeah, I finally noticed it. <laughs> Dave Gerzak, Master of Perception. <laughs> Not a cop.